buddy, no. you have a lot you owe me. You know that? So much. You, you, I demand you pay up and you pay up now. Okay. I mean, you've done so much work around my house. You've raised, <laughs> you've raised my children better than I could ever imagine. And mm-hmm. now it's time for me to pay up. And I think I'll just, I'll just fade on out. You know? Yes, I'll just I, abs- like- I, I absolutely agree with that. And okay, good. Welcome to the skinny with Mike, everyone. This is a solo <laughs> movie commentary, just no. like just like our review of Meatloaf last week. Solo commentary. <laughs> <laughs> your microphone's working right now, right? Like your microphone's on. Is that <laughs> as, as far as I know? <laughs> it wouldn't be a skinny episode with some sort of audio issue I at know. some point in the episode, right? So apologize should, for that. Oh, we should write that. I'm going to put that on my notes right now. So later in the episode, we'll talk about the Meatloaf album that was lost to the ether. Right. So. Or since I am listening to Bad Out of Hell 1 this week, oh. we could save it until next week when I have digested that album. And then we could talk about the two of them. Oh, sure. But yeah. We've got a lot of it. Yeah, let's do that. Actually. So we got a lot of albums to talk about. We've yeah. got a lot of movie to talk about. That's right. Today, Mm. we are doing something we've never done before in the history of the Skinny with Mike and Adam. That's right. Adam's going to edit this show. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't do that to him. (laughs) If only I knew how. (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, Adam has um, uh, Adam lost uh, the the, the Skinny draft from last year, Mm. so he has to pay up, baby, if Mm -hmm. Mike wins more points than Adam in the 2020 draft. He has to do a movie commentary with me and it'll be released as a uh, episode of the skinny with Mike and Adam. That's right, folks. That's what you're listening to right now. Uh, We're going to be doing a movie commentary of one of our favorite movies. It's my, it's, it's one of my favorite movies of all time, oddly enough. And it's Mm -hmm. basically my favorite comedy. It's kind of what I look for in, in, in in comedies. Uh, We're going to be watching 1996's the cable guy. Mm, uh, one of my, your favorite Adams, of course. Uh, um, one of your favorite uh, movies, of course, Adam. Like, uh, what's your history with this movie? Uh, my mom took me to see it when I was fifteen. When it oh, came you saw out it in the theaters, theater. nice. I had I had watched every single thing possible that was on TV about like the making of and all the behind the scenes stuff and like anything that they showed on TV about the movie. Like I watched before I went into the movie. So I'd already seen all the funny parts uh, going (laughs) into it. But then I didn't realize until many years later how how underneath the surface funny it was. This is one of those movies that you have to watch to get like the little hidden jokes. And that's one of the things I love about this movie. Exactly. So uh, I I developed a newer appreciation for it into my mid to late 20s than I did in my 15-year-old year. So. little history with this movie for those of you who don't uh, remember or aren't aware of it. So this came, this movie came out in 1996. This was peak Jim Carrey at this point. Mm-hmm. And, the, and well, because of that, because could, of the era could, it came out, was that? We could argue that because Dumb and Dumber was not seen as a very favorable Jim Carrey movie. By critics or by the, by, 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 by America. Oh, is that right? By, by the world. When that I movie, see me being a super young kid who right. loves potty humor like I see Dumb and Dumber, I'm like this is the greatest fucking movie I've ever seen right. in my life. <laughs> but most people hated it, and then going into Cable Guy, there was a lot of a, a lot of anti Jim Carrey hype that had been starting to build from the Mask days, mm. um, and then it just kind of reached its you know okay now you're officially overexposed with this Cable Guy debacle of 1996. Yeah, well, when it started um, with like 1994 was like when everybody knew who Jim Carrey was, right? That was Ace Ventura: Path Detective. Well, that was, that was 90- the Mask was- and Dumb and dumber all in one movie <laughs> well, all 90, in one year sorry 
Well, 92, I believe, was Ace Ventura. 93 was The Mask. 94 was Dumb and Dumber. And then this was uh, 96. Yeah, so pretty and, much inundated with Jim Carrey mm-hmm. like at this point. So 96, a bit well, of a and, different and remember, for him. Ace Ventura 2 was pretty terrible. And that came out somewhere in the middle of all this, too. Yeah, so, that was right before this. And this is, and this is post Batman Forever, where he plays the Riddler. Too. Exactly. That, that was, was like five. Oh, exactly. So we were so much Jim Carrey all the time, and um, not many people were ready for this cable mm-hmm. guy, and or nor people were looking forward to it by this point. <laughs> for me, like you know, I was really looking forward to this movie. Of course, I was a young kid at this time. I was nine when this movie, or ten when this movie came out. Um, but uh, shall we go ahead and uh, get started? I mean, we're, we're already talking all about the movies, so we might as well start now. Um, just, for, right. just, just so you know, if you're looking at our podcast feed at the moment, you'll see two versions of this episode. Uh, the version that uh, you're possibly listening to right now will have the movie audio. Uh, just in case, like if you don't want to watch the movie with us, you can just kind of hear the movie audio in the background, hear what we're talking about. Or if you want to do a watch along, um, if you have the DVD available or if you have it on digital, or if you're renting it on digital or something, like you can go ahead and uh, watch along with us. We're going to count down um, when we're going to hit play and then uh, you can watch along uh, with us uh, with no movie audio in the background so whichever one uh, feel free to choose i uh, just want to make sure to remind you folks that you're watching the right version or right. listening to the right version of this episode so without further ado uh we are right now right at the beginning of the columbia logo and we're going to count down from three and then we'll kind of like just talk through it just to make sure that we're all synced up all right you ready to go adam okay, ready all right in three two one play all right so right now the columbia the, i got the lens flare panning out from the columbia logo yes lady columbia right there yes so we're all synced up so yeah 1990s i might be like a second behind you possibly it's fine as long as we're watching together yeah we're doing this remotely so we're not you know this is the best we can do (laughs) this is weird this is so weird we're doing a podcast (laughs) while watching tv yeah exactly it's it's weird yeah yeah, i I would have loved to like do this together with you but you know I, i think this is kind of like the best time we can do it at the moment because like episode 360 is next week and i know you have plans for that and you know we got some big well, audio we got some big albums coming up here that's right that's right and stiller film this ben is, uh, stiller and i didn't realize that until like later into my adulthood that like you know this is one of the first films that he directed yeah well i i don't know of any prior to this but uh mm-hmm. i mean you watch it now and it's so dated with the references but oh yeah it, but, you have to kind of understand the technology of 1996 mm-hmm. too but like that all like it ages well i think right it's not like a movie it's, this isn't one of those movies that i feel like you know you you add in like the the advent of like hd technology and like mm-hmm. blue, like it it, it 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 won't really make it like a because that's not really what the movie's about right, right. And, uh, and I think I think this is a really cool like period piece as well. Oh, there he is, Ben Stiller. <laughs> We're in a cool little cameo. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and we got to throw in the fact that you know the the Menendez brothers was uh, what was the thing at the time, as yeah, well as the OJ trial was the thing, and everybody's craziness and uh, watching court d- dramas, court drama and trash TV <laughs> like Jerry Springer here. Mm-hmm. And- you know, and, this I, is, and this is a really good like commentary on like how like obsessed we are uh, with TV. Of course, with of course with um you know Jim Carrey's character, cool. Uh, we'll right. we'll just call him Chip because you know a full spoilers for this movie by the way. Where we're gonna go into this assuming you've seen it. <laughs> uh, so ideally, yeah. So if you haven't seen this it, is... maybe you'll go watch the movie and then come back and check out this commentary. And I don't know what uh, 
Matthew Broderick did between Ferris Bueller and this movie. I'm sure he was in other things, but yeah, nothing I know I of. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember him. He was, um, uh, what was the name of that movie? Um, uh, Look at that gadget. Look at that thin Jack Black. Wow. I know, yeah. <laughs> He's so little, thin and young. A little baby faced Jack Black, too. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we get his uh, musical partner, uh, Todd Glass, later in the movie as well. I can't believe she's doing this. Can- oh, Kyle Glass. Kyle Glass, yes. <laughs> Todd Glass. <laughs> <laughs> Todd Glass is a comedian, sorry. And Mrs. Judd Apatow is in this? Yeah. They actually, I, little little trivia, like, she met Judd, Judd Apatow on, uh, because of this movie. So we have this movie to thank for. All of her cameos in Judd Apatow films. Or not cameos, like and We have to remember the most important line of this movie from Jack Black. What's that? The, the intro to uh, The Unraveling by Rise Against. Well, we'll point it out when we get there. But it's oh, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> Are you ready to rock? And uh, what do you call it? This movie, too, I was thinking about it this past week, is kind of very uh, um, appropriate for the show because this movie, this movie has an incredible soundtrack. Like the soundtrack for the movie has like great '90s bangers. I, be- I believe Jerry Cantrell's one of his solo songs is in this. Absolutely, yeah. Like I think like his date one of those like debut singles was like on this soundtrack mm-hmm. too, which is very right. interesting. But uh, yeah, I don't know if people still remember what it's like to sit around and wait for your your cable guy to show <laughs> up, but I guess. <laughs> I guess it still happens because yeah, if this movie you know, came out in twenty twenty one, this would be like oh, he's waiting for like the internet guy to come right. Instead of your, his your router, <laughs> your spectrum guy. Yeah, my okay, I'm, I'm, I'm fiber optics guy. <laughs> fiber optics guy. Fiber optics guy. <laughs> well, look who decided to show. Oh wait, that's yeah, <laughs> wasting no time. We've already got we've already got we've already got the Jer- we've already got Chip like banging on the door over here. Now they're never this persistent in real life. Cable guy, <laughs> frontier can, guy. That's it. I'm leaving. Fuck you. I think in my experience, like they'll like knock and once or twice and then the leave. Money the money shot. So I'm the tardy one. What was that? Yeah. What do you think of his, like, choice to do this, like, (laughs) lisp thing? Um, I don't know if he chose to do that on purpose, but... Or if it was a Ben Stiller thing. (laughs) See, as a kid, as a 15-year-old, like... Wow, you don't you don't get that that the i the, the humor of that <laughs> like which one to think of it now to have one of these guys show up and call you a jerk off oh, yeah. and then laugh it off like at the time when you're 15 you're just like oh this is this is this is funny yeah and like the, de- the delivery too is really good but then like right. my, my i think an even better joke here was that one we just missed like it's like oh the old mcnair place you know never thought to get the floors after what happened in here they had a lot of cats <laughs> right i love that like anti-humor too you know it's so <laughs> Unexpected. That's one of those things that you don't catch until like subsequent viewings. This could be a cool pad. I remember, you know, first watching this, like being off-put by his lisp. Mm -hmm. You know. Oh yeah, me too. But also, like, just you know, you 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 knew it was Jim Carrey and that he was going to do silly things. So something Mm -hmm. like this, you don't see the satire. (laughs) All you're thinking is like, hey, he's being funny. He's being a wacky character. That's my Jim Carrey, baby. And it wasn't until like years later watching this with actual adults who were all like, oh my God, like he's totally like wanting to have sex with the wall right here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I remember being uncomfortable <laughs> at age 10 when I saw this. I was like, I shouldn't be watching this. Like, you know, Steven over here is going to be like covering his robe while he's like, clit- like stimulating the wall's clitoris, you know? <laughs> is that where you like it? Oh. Uh... <laughs> 
again, it wasn't for another 10 years before I dealt with cable, actual cable guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I had some weird guys come to my San Bernardino apartments. Did this, did this yeah. prepare you for... <laughs> but it turns out those, those, guys, those guys were just on drugs. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. This guy's just mentally ill. Yeah, exactly. They don't really drill through walls anymore, do they? <laughs> Most houses oh, are built with the first. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, they they are, but you know, my house is built in '89, so when I first moved here and I had to get fiber optic, they they had to come in here and drill through the drill through the walls. I'm gonna get dressed. So you know, back in 2010, at least, it was a very timely reference. <laughs> yes. By the way. Oh, snap. Sweat off my sack. <laughs> I've done that many times. I know. Every time I, every time I hold a drill, I do that. <laughs> oh, man. I thought he was so cool. But I, didn't even I know. There's like, bam, 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 bam. Like, this guy's hey, the late Larry King on TV. There, there he is. And I love that he's like such an idiot savant with this. Like, we know he's a fraud, but like he's still so knowledgeable about like the proper like feng shui to get, to make like the perfect static on this SD tube TV. Mm -hmm. Well, I say this is one of my favorite like B plots of any movie. Like just I know. just having this court case in the background. Because. <laughs> Especially with Ben Stiller growing up with actor parents, yeah, yeah, like in a <laughs> like it, it just it it goes so well, it just yeah. works so well. <laughs> and of course, we'll be we'll be cutting in back. To, we'll we check him back in with this court case a little bit later. Twin envy. It's not a real thing. <laughs> no, of course not. Nothing about this movie is real, and I love it. I moved a few things. Clear to write up. Is that cool? <laughs> again. Yeah, Why would and the like cable the, guy move your furniture around? <laughs> yeah, and the desperation. Like you don't see, you don't. You, 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 of course, you know. You, you come into this movie watching it again with with the knowledge that you know about it. Like you hear the desperation in his voice. It's like, is that cool? Is that cool? Is that cool? Yeah. You know? He's like six, just it's fucking staring at him right here. It's so creepy. Starting to get to know each other. <laughs> Job's done. Boom, bam. <laughs> Yeah, and I like that when Steven's like signing that paper and he's like just staring at him like mm -hmm. oh it's so uneasy <laughs> just so subtle I know and and you and that's what I love about this movie too like it leaves subtle little things like oh, all the signs were there that this guy's a creepy fucking stalker mm -hmm. <laughs> one thing oh and then can I get all the dirty channels for for free yeah <laughs> have you ever tried that no because the internet exists the internet was theirs inside dealt with cable that's true yeah back like, in 1996 this would have been very important i know well i was only watching the scrambled spice channel back then mm -hmm. and i was just like that's all i need i don't need anything beyond that i know like once in a while you'll hear like a ah. you know? right you see <laughs> you'll, see, you'll see a nipple mm -hmm. i was like what oh man just done is illegal and in this state if convicted it could be fined up to five thousand dollars or spend six months in a correctional facility correctional facility i love it <laughs> I think I think his haircut, Jim Carrey's haircut in this movie also it's makes very it militant, right? <laughs> Is that a wig for Jim Carrey? Yeah, I doubt it. Mm. Yeah, it, you're right. It like it does kind of look 
odd. Yes. It's like, not like I mean, 90s odd. It's like just cool odd odd. The cool kids had that look in the early 70s. And they were, I think they were implying he didn't really mentally leave the early 70s. Mm. I guess that's true, huh? <laughs> maybe, we'll, we'll, maybe we'll view it again in uh, Chip's flashback when, you know, he's with the, ba- the quote-unquote babysitter. See if he has the same haircut. Right. Sure. We should do that one day. How about tomorrow? Mm. I love that too. Like, like, oh, we should do that one day. How about tomorrow? <laughs> He's not messing around. Oh, across the line. And again, fifteen years old. I never got these these mm-hmm. subtle social faux pas. <laughs> I was like, why wouldn't he want a friend? He seems like a cool guy. <laughs> I know, he seems cool. Look at him run, he's running down the hallway. That's exciting. <laughs> he's so happy. <laughs> what would you, how would you diagnose Chip? Let's just say hypothetically you're in some sort of like, you know, field of mental health or something. Like how would you no, <laughs> hypothetically uh, diagnose him? Oh man. He's got major attachment issues. It's like somebody love me. Somebody love me. Okay. He also has like some disassociative like disorder, right? Like you know, believing things are like actually television or movies and I never caught that he thought it was real. I think his his ability to understand relationships was blurred by TV relationships. Ah, okay. That's the real problem. And, you know, I've met people in real life that this comes up. <laughs> it's just who like... Is this, who is this actor, by the way? His, uh, Steve's I boss. I don't know. Because I recognize him and I, I've never been able to put two and two together. No a idea. little bit of a trivia here before we move on to uh, Steve and Chip's date. Do you know who um, the first two choices for uh, the cable guy were? No. So the movie was written uh, with um, um, Chris Farley in mind, mm. uh, but he wasn't able to do it due to scheduling conflicts. Due and to then they, slowly dying. And then slowly dying as well. <laughs> and then uh, they asked Adam Sandler, and, uh, mm. for, the, and for the same, Adam, Adam, but Adam Sandler mm-hmm. turned it down. Mm. Uh, apparently he thought, he thought the script was a little too weird. <laughs> so then well, he uh, was, Jimmy Carey got the part. He was between Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore at this point, so... Do you so think he was a movie like, like this would have like been beneficial for like Adam Sandler because like I think Adam Sandler can do this weird stuff but like yeah he would have been good but like this I, weird stalker creepy guy like in hindsight I don't think he could have pulled off like hey thanks for coming ah man like it, it would have gotten to be too silly but I guess I could have said the same thing if it had been reversed like oh Jim Carrey had done this it'd be too silly but right, I feel yeah. like Jim Carrey takes that that sociopath element further than Adam Sandler could have. Yeah, and I brought it up a little bit earlier that I, I feel like this movie came out at the wrong time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they, they, this movie could have come out like 10 years later and still take place in 96 and stuff, but like by that time, by 2006, people were familiar with Jim Carrey doing like weird, creepy roles. But this is like his, other than the Riddler, which isn't like weird or creepy, like this is like the first time like we're uncomfortable seeing Jim Carrey. Mm hmm. I think so. We weren't ready to see Adam Sandler uncomfortable yet. That's true, yeah. But he was also busy, like, starting the whole Happy Madison empire at this point. That's true, yeah. So he's like, I don't need this Ben Stiller bullshit. 
two of my there favorite scenes is. coming up right here in this uh, satellite scene. Oh yeah, we got Jim Carrey predicting the future, accurately predicting the future. <laughs> ben Stiller whole, accurately. Predicting. Oh, Ben Stiller, yeah, whoever wrote this movie. No, but go ahead and recite it, Mike. You got to. This is your time. <laughs> of course. <laughs> we got him here standing up. The future is now. <laughs> Soon, every American home will integrate their television, phone, and computer. You'll be able to visit the Louvre on one channel or watch female mud wrestling on another. You can do your shopping at home or play Mortal Kombat with a friend in Vietnam. There's no end to the possibilities. Oh, man. I've heard Mike recite that so many times. <laughs> Out of context for no reason. Uh, exactly. Just anytime we're doing anything with technology. There's this old daddy issues talk here. Oh, yeah. This is it, Mike. Do it. <laughs> my dad was there but he might as well have been away mm -hmm. so, you must have a lot of abandonment issues sounds sad oh that's tough <laughs> a lot of abandonment issues do it Mike <laughs> I heard you he's already done <laughs> well, I've reached a reconstructive surgery <laughs> but this is but like out of the con like you know watching this for the first time I thought this was actually pretty sweet like a pretty cool example you know, even when I was 10 of like a pretty cool example of like male friendship you know they're, they're here they're bonding they're, I don't know they've you know, known each other, know each one, other one day they've known each other I know they probably had lunch. They probably had dinner before this, you know. They, I know. I mean, the I only other that. relationship that bonded this quickly was was you and me. I think. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Do you remember when we went up to the satellite and I told you about the future of the internet? Yeah, about getting kicked kicked in the face. I remember. Can I be frank? Women are a labyrinth. That's so true. Only if I can be Garth. Oh, sorry, that's the wrong movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, planting the seeds for uh for for steve's or for steven and uh leslie mann's relationship a little bit later see and here he is just just repeating tv like like it's real life you know and i think kids that grew up in the 70s i don't know i feel like they they don't get it as much as our generation but then again i could be just naively saying that. get what like, like, that, like that, 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 that TV is fantasy and not real oh, okay. life. You know but uh, I don't know. Maybe this movie helped me to understand that. It's on HBO this month. I just realized Robin that, that movie. I learned something from this. I also learned to not be a creepy stalker friend as well. <laughs> that kind That's of helps. important lesson as well, you know. <laughs> not to be clingy in relationships. Um, Especially after that first day. I mean, this whole movie spans like what three, four days, something like that. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and this is odd too. I remember thinking like, oh yeah, he's never said his name. That is kind of weird. I mean, you think when he handed him the comment card, he would have been like, my name is Ernie. Yeah. How was I supposed to call in with you know my review of your service without your name? Mm -hmm. Exactly putting the pieces together again mm -hmm. <laughs> and here's the smile <laughs> oh, that smile. <laughs> I love and now he's not smiling <laughs> yep. editing trick yep this, this concludes our broadcast day click. click i don't listen to you i pretend to understand but 
And I remember, dude, having a huge old crush on Leslie Mann because of this movie. I thought she was so pretty. Oh my gosh. She is. She was. This was before she was in Jane George of the Jungle. With Brandon. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> this is back when she was young and beautiful. Nowadays, she's just beautiful. No, she's just when she was young and beautiful. Older and, yeah. Still beautiful. I know. Well... That's what I came here to say. And that's pretty odd. Have you ever heard of, like, anyway, to the nature of their relationship, have you ever heard of a couple separating because one of them proposed? What are you doing tomorrow? I was, Um, like, to this day, I think that's, like, the oddest thing. Sleepless in Seattle is on cable. Really? That does seem strange. And maybe that was what Ben Stiller was going for. Mm. Is this, like, a weird, like, New Yorker thing? Like, New York relationships are so fucking casual that, like, we don't even know if we want to marry each other? Are they in New York? I have no idea. I don't know. I see coffee shops like this. I see like the cityscape. Mm-hmm. You know, there it is. There it is. It's more Sam Sweet, baby. <laughs> and I love like the use of like MTV News mm-hmm. and like yeah, it's, like, it's it's taking us. It's kind of it's it's almost fourth wall breaking. It's my favorite fucking line in this whole movie. <laughs> I know. It's great. It was an Asian gang or something. <laughs> And he was speaking another language. I'm pretty sure it was Asian. Well, and again, one more thing that was on big in the news. Like, I remember watching it on local news was like the rise of Asian gangs in LA. And being like, you know that Asian people are doing more than just like working with computers right now? Asian (laughs) gangs out there. Here's hacking into your games. Here's Fung Long Dick. And he just killed somebody (laughs) at a a laundromat. (laughs) And then another one of the greatest scenes of all time. This is a great scene, dude. It's great character. It's it's a great comedy scene. It's a great character building scene. It's just like so odd. And everyone's playing like befuddled so well. (laughs) I know. And poor Steve's here like trying to mediate everything and he's feeling so awkward you can see like the awkwardness on his face mm-hmm. and jack black looking less dangerously overweight <laughs> don't pull a hammy and again and of course after i saw this in the movie guy. i did this in my actual gymnasium in my school <laughs> why people thought i was a fucking maniac <laughs> it's not real you're not supposed to do it. <laughs> run into the wall. <laughs> and you got your filter. Girl. Yeah, filter it's filter coming over there. here with Hey Man, nice shot. Very appropriate. No, where are all these like middle-aged white guys playing basketball in a gymnasium? At the YMCA, I suppose. This doesn't happen in real life. <laughs> okay, let's see what you got, white chatter. <laughs> and open. <laughs> so dramatic. <laughs> We're playing prison wheels. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Fuck, I love this montage, dude. I know. It's, it's a, it, and it's so well shot. <laughs> it is, yeah. The fucking slow mo, the filter in the background. And I was like, why is Steven so embarrassed by him? Just let him let him be a normal dude. I'm like, oh, because I'm 15 and I don't understand oh, how weird this is. <laughs> Yeah, watching this as a kid is very different than watching it as an adult. I met him on a routine service. We just kind of hit it off. <laughs> really? Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> and like, as an adult, you hear Jack Black's like response. I'm like, hey, that's the appropriate response. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm open. <laughs> Who else do we have in the soundtrack here? We got Jerry O'Con. Uh, we got Jer uh, Jerry Cantrell. Yes. We've got. Uh, <laughs> Silver <laughs> Chair. Silver Cypress. Oh, Cypress God. Hill. I know all those words. Yeah, exactly. The <laughs> <laughs> I to try this, like jumping off of somebody's back. <laughs> Never got anybody to help me out with it, though. <laughs> and, <shatter the> glass. <laughs> and this was the funniest fucking thing as a 10-year-old. Right oh, I mean, and again, I had, I had seen all these funny parts and all of the best, all the things that I had watched prior to this. So I knew it was coming. Were you actively looking for like uh, previews of this yeah. movie? Okay. Yeah, because I thought that was, this. that was a normal thing to do, but then it, I realized that ruins the movie for me. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, you watch too much. Thanks for bringing your friends, Steve. <laughs> <Thanks for bringing, laughs> <your> <laughs> hey, Rick! I've never made a slam dunk before. Thanks for the beer. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? I don't think. Normal people would respond like this. Would just walk away and yeah, like defeat. I mean, maybe he was a little over the top. What are you talking about? We're not friends. I mean, that's probably my response. Like, if this guy is acting like this in real life, ruining our basketball game, like there's another net. I know there is another net, but like that means you have to play with him. He's not going home. Right. Okay. Okay. And there you go. You just said he's not. We're not friends. I don't even know you. Now this is where I realized it was getting weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah, same here. Oh man, remember coming home and checking your your voicemail, being like, "Wow, eleven messages. This is awesome. I'm so excited. He he was so happy. All right. I don't think I've ever like in my own adult life because I think I just I think I moved out at that time was phasing out. But like I never had like answering machines. Right. We did, and if it if it was more than one or two messages, you're like, yes, you're, yeah, like, you're excited. I don't know why. Okay, the popularity factor. <laughs> I love this. This checking into that the whole day, baby. Mm -hmm. I was just taking a whiz. Thought you might have called. Okay, just taking a whiz. Thought you might have called. We're having ourselves quite a little game of phone tag here. <laughs> I was just blow drying my hair. Uh, thought I heard <laughs> why was he blow drying that short hair? <laughs> Well, he's got that's that's how he gets it that like fuzzy those fuzzy spikes you know oh, oh shit, shit. <laughs> I've gone too far and that was all over the course of like 10 minutes mm -hmm. oh and there's beautiful leslie hey. man again I didn't see her in anything else until 40-Year-Old Virgin. That was like nine years later. Yeah, that's true, huh? Oh, George of the Jungle, but... Oh, yeah, yeah. That was really like... Not many people film, saw that. Look <laughs> at those jeans. She was man. in Big Daddy, too. Oh, that's right. I didn't see that one. Oh, you didn't see Big Daddy? No, I did not. Oh, okay. And then what is this? Oh, this... this the name of this band. Oh, I remember this song in 96. It was so popular. It was like something about operators. Like, oh man, I can't remember the name of this. Are you looking at the the soundtrack right now? I am. Yeah, I don't see anything about operators. Uh, standing outside a broken phone with money in my hand. Yes, that's the name of the song. I don't know okay, the name. That's of the primitive band. radio god. Yes, that's right. Or like one song. That's all you got from that band, and they, they that song got played on K Rock all the time in ninety six. Oh, cool. Damn it! Son of a bitch. Cable. The cable is out again. 
And remember, the cable, the cable guy, guy is a friend of mine. And I just, like, treated him poorly yesterday. No idea that I treated him poorly. But that was that was that was earlier today, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, it might have been. See, notice this is the transition between men wearing their shirts tucked into their pants, like it's tucked in, but it's a little bit out. I don't know if you noticed that. Oh, that kind of half tuck in. Yeah, yeah, that was very like late nineties. <laughs> it's yeah, terrible. Cable is out. Oh. <laughs> 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 Why is that still funny? 24 years later. <laughs> I just love that he was just standing at the doorway the entire time, just waiting. This is how I think Mike is with me. Funny how you call when you need something. Funny how you call when Mike, my internet's out, dude. I need my, my child's room painted. Oh, when you oh, need funny something. how you need something. <laughs> I gave you free cable. Should I help you? I gave you free Over a day ago. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, we've all had that friend, Mike. Some of us more recently than others. Oh God, <laughs> we don't need to get into that in this movie commentary, do we? God bless Just you. You're too good. <laughs> Tomorrow night we hang out. <laughs> this is just jealous girlfriend. Ta-da! <laughs> Ta-da! That's all it took. All set. <laughs> with the wire <laughs> that's perfect <laughs> I just i just keep it over here in this corner she's pretty don't kiss her don't even don't touch, her. touch her resist the urge at all costs <laughs> and again this is how our fr my friends talk to me yep yep, yep. it was normal <laughs> this guy has stunted emotional growth. Honk. Man, Sleepless in Seattle. I never made it through that movie. I have never seen the whole thing. Yeah, I, I caught it a little. I caught a little bit of it on on cable once, and just never finished it. Look at Tom Hanks. Look pants. at Tom Hanks. Shirt tucked into pants. <laughs> That's that what he looks like today. <laughs> Tom Hanks is hot waist. Oh yeah. <laughs> That slender, almost middle-aged waist. <laughs> so much hair on top of his head. Will she scratch up your back? <laughs> and I just remember going into this flashback here, so confused. Like, what is going mm. on? Really? Yeah. I guess you were 10, so... Like, like I was just, like, is, sure this, is this a fantasy? Like, oh, is man. this another kid across like the way? Like, it's going totally, through the same thing? It's totally what Nora's teeth look like right now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he doesn't have he doesn't have the same hair, right? That's why mommy's going to happy hour. Yeah, unless a sex worker. <laughs> and then I the Mister Babysitter line too. I was like, mm. "Is there actually a babysitter there?" Like, "Oh, nope. he's talking about." And then, yeah, it's not till later. I'm like, "Oh, he's talking about the TV." And now he's. This is how he's gaining intimate relationships. Yeah, this is how he learns about intimacy. From the manliest man in the world, Clint Eastwood. <laughs> and then death, death and destruction. <laughs> Love. Destruction. Love. And now, destruction. medieval times. <laughs> oh Ever been God. to medieval times? Not since I was eight years old, man. Wow. Eight years old. So seeing this when I was 15, I was like, oh, mm -hmm. I remember this They're very well. 
It was it was an experience, man. I remember the nearest well. one to us is uh, Anaheim, I believe, and I've always wanted to go. It's, it's, it's it all because to, of this movie. It used to be by a uh, Nasferi Farm, Buena Park. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. This might be that one, for all I know. Yeah, who knows? I just remember going to it and having no idea what to expect and just being blown away at eight years old from this thing. Is it accurate to the fact that like, they don't give you utensils and Janine Garofalo offers yeah. you Coke? Oh, man, yeah. The 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 bar the, the bar wench Melinda. Mate, look at her anarchy tattoo. I never saw. Yeah, I love her. Feign interest. I'll be right back, my lord. I, I always thought she was pretty hot back in the nineties. Oh yeah, she's that. She's that very like alternative hot. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I sat in the blue section, I remember. Oh, the blue night rules. The mm-hmm. red night sucks the big one, dude. <laughs> oh, Andy Dick. Andy Dick, yep. <laughs> Fast. How high do you think Andy Dick is at this moment? Oh, man. He's just living the dream. And how many people is he sexually assaulting behind the scenes of this movie? <laughs> we'll never know. Yeah! And I didn't know watching this movie too, because also when it, I was 10 when this movie came out, so I lived on Guam that has nothing. <laughs> so, like, I didn't know this was a real I didn't know this was a real restaurant. I know. It's crazy. I saw and a commercial for it, and I was like. If you're near the Mason-Dixie line, they do something similar, but it's it's North versus South, Civil War style, baby. Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> and the, so and, like and the, the actual the actual version, not what the history books would tell you, where the South actually won. Sometimes the South wins, but not always. Oh God! I remember thinking that 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 Cornish game hen was so good. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. Dude, I got a lot of tables. And yeah, and like the gray section like waves the Confederate flag, like yay! Oh Jesus! Christ. <laughs> Again, 1996 was when I did. I noticed that. <laughs> oh man! Hello, Clarice. <laughs> Look at Matthew so, Broderick laugh. <laughs> you're not supposed to see him laughing, but he's laughing so hard. I know. <laughs> So I saw this movie before I ever saw Silence of the Lambs, so I didn't get that oh, me reference. Too. Me too. I didn't see Silence of the Lambs till 97. <laughs> and again, it's like, this doesn't happen. Where you, where you pull two people out of the crowd. They do pull somebody out of the crowd to, like, knight one of the people. Like, a, like, like someone that. who's celebrating a birthday or something? I, may, maybe. And, okay. like, the, the winning knight, like... They, they knight them. I don't know. <laughs> it's a weird thing. But I give all the knights free cable. They said it would be cool if we just went out. Sure, that's what the armor is for. That's what the armor is for. Nobody ever died. And one of the iconic moments of this movie. I love this. And I'd seen this scene like 15 times before I actually saw the movie. And are about to meet your demise. You are my sworn enemy. <laughs> it's a real sword. <laughs> Folks, if you're still watching this and you don't care about spoilers or anything, just pay attention to what happens in this battle. Like, who attacks who and in what manner, because that's going to be brought up a little bit later. Yes. Oh, and now? Yeah. Oh, I forget what that's called. The gauntlet. A mace, I believe. Oh, a mace, yes. Come back here! 
<laughs> so that I may brain thee. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> My leg. I have a grip. You all right? <laughs> Playing dirty, baby. <laughs> I can see the critics at this point being like, yeah. "Okay, I'm done with this movie." By this, by this stage. Well, funny enough, Siskel uh, and Ebert, who were the premier movie reviewers at the time, mm-hmm. uh, Roger Ebert gave this movie a thumbs down. For particularly yes. that same reason like oh he felt like Jim Carrey's performance was way too over the top it doesn't right. serve the script but uh, Siskel uh, was felt the exact opposite he felt like the the absurdity really worked well and uh, at the time like the movie was very um, divisive I think mm-hmm. on Rotten Tomatoes at the moment it's at 56% oh, I don't so this movie, the, your enjoyment of this movie will all basically depend on how you feel about how over the top Jim Carrey is. Yes. Daddy can play rough. And that line too, where he's like, "Oh shit!" Like I do that all the time with Zoe now. <laughs> now the Star Trek scene. I didn't, I didn't get this at the time. That's for sure. And funnily enough, I knew this reference because my dad was like a big Star Trek guy. So like, oh, there you go. I've seen this episode like a hundred times, like on whatever channel that Star Trek was on in the nineties. Man, our dads would have gotten along so well. Mm-hmm. Both robots. Hating, they're they both, both robots, robots who, who hate people that aren't them. I remember in the 90s recreating this scene with my sister all the time because she had like little batons and stuff so we would do like this thing and I would do the I would be the Jim Carrey she would be the she would be the Matthew Broderick and we just practiced this all it was like one of our bonding moments as kids <laughs> I love that he's still humming the theme. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> I love how frightened Andy Dick is. <laughs> I don't think he wants to know of this. You gotta imagine like Chip like like bribed him or like threatened him at some point. Get on the freaking horse. I don't think he's kidding. He's going to kill us all. <laughs> He told us if he doesn't kill you, he'll kill us all! No, it's not! Yes, it is! No, it's not! (laughs) The climax of the whole ship. So, is this accurate, like, at least to the show? Mm hmm. Oh, yeah. They do a joust. They do a joust and everything. And usually they don't fall off. Like, there's not a dramatic fall off, usually. Oh yeah, I mean they're they're, they're still performing. So. I know. Well done, good sir. You are the, you are the victor. <laughs> <laughs> so I know that they're like bonding at this at this moment, even though Steven was trying to tell him that like, yo, we can't be friends at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But like after all this happens, this gigantic like victory. Then, wait, right here, right here. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that contact cut. That is, I know. Like Ben, like Ben Stiller's, like directed like a few movies after this. He oh does. He God. loves those like dramatic uh, cuts like that. Right. I mean, but they're bonding, and then they're like having <laughs> having butt sex. Right? Bonding. <laughs> uh, but see, yeah, 
Now they're becoming friends. Yeah. They're, they're getting they're getting going here. Nobody it's loves just, it. Nobody See, that's that was what it was in the nineties. Yep, if you didn't have any messages it. when you got home, nobody yep. loves you. Oh, I love this nineties technology coming up. God love this beautiful, giant, disgusting TV. Deluxe karaoke machine. Gene, gene. <laughs> I mean, Mike, Mike had this TV. Like that's what we moved <laughs> to your house, right? That's right. <laughs> we gave that to your father-in-law. I know. It appears as if someone has taken the liberty of staying <laughs> home entertainment. It's been a wild three days, hasn't it? I know. I got you the so, like, all of this can fit into like one flat screen TV now. Pretty much, that's karaoke. amazing. It can. It's all on my phone right now. Yeah, a karaoke machine. You can have an app for that. THX quality sound like comes out of standard like. Remember that now. Remember that line. George mm-hmm. Lucas, cream in cream his pants. Pan. We'll get there, Mike. We'll get there. <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. I love this movie, Adam. Preferred customer. I hook him up. He hooks me up. Still in <laughs> glorious four by three aspect ratio. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you can get something so much more valuable. Oh man. Friendship. Doesn't that that that's painful right there? What's that? To, you know, when somebody says that to you, you've given me so much more. Your friendship. Like, that's a huge red flag line right there. I think any, if anybody that. ever says that. Adam, I, I'm pretty sure I've said that to you before. <laughs> well, not in the same way. After you just. Oh, after I've given you like a massive like, <laughs> yes. thousands of dollars worth right. of. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. You're right. Huge, huge red flag. Like I give you, I, I I buy you some pizza, and you're you're, you're like you've given me friendship. Like that's that's equal, but yeah, that's equal. <laughs> it's not equal, but I still love the pizza. I love all the free pizza. Good, mm-hmm. I do not know this actor. This actor doesn't exist in my world. Mm, okay, yeah, he's super familiar to me. I just haven't been able to like pin it, you know. Oh, I had the best time. So when am I gonna get you on my sofa again? Oh, Chip. <laughs> man, good old 16-year-old humor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look at him driving and talking on the phone. Is that Do people do that? Well, they, I don't, I'm pretty sure in 96 there were no laws for that because nobody no. had cell phones. <laughs> there was no cell phones either. Why he has one is beyond me. Well, because he works for a... Big one! <laughs> I don't know if he works for a tele... I don't know if he actually works for a telecommunications company or if he, oh, he stole doesn't. his truck. <laughs> He just works for the cable company. The cable company. And, yeah, I never quite understood, like, why does he have so many old people who are his friends hanging out this... And then I was like, oh, because old people are just looking for young, no cool friends. guys. You're right, yeah. yeah. I didn't get that either until just just now you said that. We did. We did, but that doesn't mean that we're officially back together. Yeah, you're right. Like, I, I didn't realize she he proposes and she's like, I gotta go, but I guess that was like... You know, yeah, I've been trying to piece women's... together the relationship for like, you know, 15 years now. And I'm like, you know, of course, every relationship has their own boundaries and rules think... and stuff. But like, it's just they break. They She she breaks up with him because she needs space after he proposes right. to her. But she's still going on dates with other guys. Right. Which I mean, well, it's I think... her prerogative, which is cool. But like, that, I think that's just Ben Stiller doing a, a little 180 thing where mm-hmm. it's like usually all TV and movies. It's the other way around. And. He was like, I will, I'll tell you what's real life. Oh, you mean like how like in TV, like women are usually the clingy ones? Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. Yeah. And so like they're showing how she's an independent woman. She's like, I don't need a man. Oh, yeah. I mean, in, all, in, in a lot of TV and movies, especially in the 90s, like women's independence was a very strong thing. 
I'm 22 years old. I don't need to be married yet, Matthew Broderick. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> he, he's been 22 years old since he was in high school in 1987. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. It is to me. Now I'm on, <laughs> now I'm on a mission. <laughs> Fight, man. And also, I wonder if in this movie, separating Steve and Robin is just meant for like this scene coming up with um, Heather, because we need we need them we need them like separated in order for this to be like not so skeezy. Maybe, maybe. All these other weirdos that are all here. Yeah, and then you gotta imagine all these fucking this weirdos. Guy, yeah, look at this guy with the beard. Like, what's going on here? <laughs> like, I love the way he fucking dances though. <laughs> There's the other friend. Uh-oh, who's this? Don't look, don't look. You're just playing with me. Uh-uh, she's all over you like a lamp. A lamp He who has a day's masturbates. <laughs> See, I, because of his fake lisp, I never understood what he actually said there until much oh, later. Oh, really? Yeah, wow. I, I, I was like, what is a master date? Like, <laughs> you were 10 you didn't know what the term was anyway oh i knew what the term look at, was adam <laughs> look at this 90s hot chick right here i right? know like that short pixie cut and the dark everything the about fucking her animal print too <laughs> and the fucking bear, bear right. the bare shoulders that's that's that heroin chic <laughs> i think we now know that's that sex worker chic i know super <laughs> time that's right here. He's trying <laughs> to break up his best friend over here, man. Come yeah. on. This is the splitting. You're gonna have to learn to live with that. Some of us have had friends that have acted like this. Really? Try to split up your other friends? I'm just saying. Some of us in in more recent friendships than others. What? Maybe that was the underlying... The, the, <laughs> maybe that was an underlying motive to other friends coming in and stealing other friends. We'll never know. We'll never man, know. You're gonna have to tell me about this off air, man. This is. Okay. This sounds like stuff we you need to get off Look, your chest. Is that Steve Buscemi on that couch? Steve Buscemi. No, no that's not it's... Steve Buscemi. Close another, though. Another random guy. Yeah, another random loner who needs a friend. Yep. You had honey in your voice tonight, Raul. Why is a cop there? Oh, <laughs> this this cop. Maybe we should recognize this cop's face for a little bit later, folks. What's your feelings on this scene? Well. I feel like the scene goes on too all the, long. All the things that I watched before I saw this movie told me that he was looking for somebody to love. Like, <laughs> underlying reasons. I love this monologue. Had their way. It's my turn. <laughs> when the truth is gone to be right. This is... This is Peak Jim Carrey. This is Jim Carrey doing his most Jim Carrey right now. That's 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 what I was looking for. It's like he just wanted somebody to love. Mm. You're right. This is thematic to the movie. Mm-hmm. And he's using you know 1970s references by quoting what was going on at Altamont. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the Hell's Angels had their way. <laughs> the, the Hell's Angels had their way. Now I have mine. And I mean, what 70s kid didn't know everything about Grace Slick? I mean, <laughs> in Jefferson Airplane. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, ask your grandparents. <laughs> ask these old people. <laughs> don't you 
And it's interesting now to watch, like, realizing, like, oh, he, he pre-recorded this, and now he's oh, lip-syncing. Yeah, yeah. Like, I never knew that. It's so on the soundtrack, music. actually. Yep. <laughs> oh, what's going on in the bedroom? <laughs> of course, I would do that every karaoke screen I've ever seen now, thanks to this movie. It's like, what's going on in Ben Stiller's head to create this? <laughs> I know, you know. Like, like what, what, what? I don't know what Ben Stiller was doing. Like, he had already had the Ben Stiller show, but it was before Zoolander took off and all that. Not that that movie was really good at the time or anything. Yeah, that, that's a movie that, you know, you, it, it, it's on, on further appreciation, you know? Mm-hmm. What other movies has Limp Biscuit, Limp Biscuit hadn't brought him into the mainstream yet, I think. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> And probably if, if you listen to the recordings of Altamont 1969, like that's probably what Grace Slick says. Somebody just had a baby over by the scaffolding. <laughs> so he's actually so Ben Stiller's actually not directed a lot of movies. He's written this a several. So he's, this, this, old guy, this old guy dancing. I know. I love this guy. This guy's got a face, dude. <laughs> he's dead. <laughs> the way he's Very lived dead. In the last 24 years. <laughs> Previous to this, he's, re- he's directed Reality Bites. And then his next movie he directed was Zoolander, mm-hmm. followed by Tropic Thunder, which is one of my favorite movies. Oh, I love yeah. that movie. Uh, and then uh, uh, Secret Life of Walter Mitty and Zoolander mm-hmm. 2. Good morning, Mary. Interesting. But he has a style, yeah, prior, though. Prior to Cable Guy, there wasn't anything, though, right? Yeah, uh, Reality Bites, apparently. Bacon and eggs coming up. Where did Heather go? See, at this point, like, in a normal movie, you would just think, like, okay, these guys are friends. But then you think, like, oh, yeah, in reality... This has been four days. Yeah, they've known each other for, like, a week. He's staying over. Staying over, making him breakfast. Making him breakfast, yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Buying him prostitutes, apparently. Mm -hmm. Well, he doesn't know that yet. Not yet. Why'd you spoil it, Mike? It was my treat. It was my treat. And again, this is another one of those things, like, with Mm -hmm. the benefit of rewatching it, I, I didn't understand what a sex worker was at age 10. I didn't know what a prostitute was, so like, I had no idea what they were talking about at this scene. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's so uncomfortable. I know. Just, Everything just about this is so Being a fly on the wall, there's no cuts. Because like it's in just... Dumb and Dumber, like there's already like an implied history with the two of them. Mm-hmm. But there's no there's no history with these guys. <laughs> it's literally been like, like six or five days. But in Chip's head, they've known each other their entire life. Hey, I feel like I've known him my whole life. Hey, okay. Touch his elbow. She's totally clean. <laughs> Ew. I checked her out about a week ago. <laughs> and I'm healthy as a <laughs> Not a trip. Oh my god. <laughs> She's a friend of yours. You're just messing with my mind, right? <laughs> I wish I had friends like mm. that. Creepy. Get out of my So house. creepy. What are you so ashamed of? I know she was a working girl, but she kind of liked you. 
You might even have been able to get a freebie. No. Oh, God. <laughs> this is so bad. Like, right around here, like, this is when, like, the audience, like, okay, this is really... Right. That this movie but is I, taking a turn. <laughs> but I would totally have done this for Mike when... when no, was, you wouldn't have. When you were between relationships. Oh, God. <laughs> Mike, get she'll out of my house, Adam. She might give you a freebie. You never know. <laughs> what are you doing, Mike? Everything was going so well. <laughs> We had friendship. We, we had friendship, and we were eating. And I meet you, Granby Eggs. And no, I'll fix this, Stephen. Now I can fix it. I can make it cool. <laughs> I can make it cool again. I'll make it better. And here he goes, now mm. desperately trying to make it better. No, I, I love it. I love this scene so much. This is such a good scene. It's so absurdist. Mm-hmm. And it's so left field. But like it, it stick, but it sticks completely within this fucking weirdo's character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Owen, Wilson. Owen Wilson, hey bud! Wow, <laughs> wow! I'm in a Ben Stiller movie. Wow! <laughs> I should be friends with Ben Stiller. Wow! <laughs> I love this song. I don't know what this song is, but I love this song. I don't know either. But look at how easily he talks to old people. <laughs> He's, he knows. He knows how to manipulate him. That must be hard. This guy's such a fucking dipshit. <laughs> I love this guy. In a holding pattern right now. A holding, holding pattern. What's with? It sounds like you need to come down. What's with the turtleneck, Owen Wilson? <laughs> <laughs> You're sexy. <laughs> oh, this guy's such a fucking skis bag. This is Freddie Mercury. Oh, it is. <laughs> no, I said I said Jim Carrey is playing Freddie oh, Mercury. Oh, Jim. Oh, I thought the music. <clears throat> music, I don't know, but. <laughs> excuse me, excuse me, pardon me, pardon me, pardon me. Hey, what's the story with our chicken, man? <laughs> Your chicken. Have the eggs had a chance to hatch yet? Ooh. Well, maybe you can go <laughs> Look at this sweater. What friend. is going on? Nobody wore that. This is 96, baby. All right, I'm sorry this is what happens out. when you hang out with beautiful women in 96. You wear turtlenecks mm-hmm. underneath yeah, your stir. fashionable sweater. So much hair gel. Slash moose. Your job. Your job. What's your job like? What's your job like? Okay, I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I gotta hit the head. Hold that thought for just a second. I need to use the head, and I'll be right back. I want to find out about your job. I'm interested. I'm curious. About curious. This for me. This is my chance to fucking what bolt. What's I gotta the story leave. With the chicken. <laughs> <laughs> this is like fat Owen Wilson too. <laughs> Enjoy your meal. <laughs> I missed where Jim Carrey was wiping. He was like, yeah, he was like cleaning his, his lips or something. <laughs> and then the look of disgust on Owen Wilson's face. Yeah, mm-hmm. He says that. Ugh. <laughs> the winters are remarkably mild. <laughs> Again. The absurdity of this scene is just mwah, chef's kiss. Unbelievable. Hello. <laughs> hey folks, if you weren't scared of Jim Carrey's character, now this is like the point where you are definitely afraid of him. You're on a big date. <laughs> Why is there so much powder in the men's restroom? <laughs> He's very lucky that nobody walked into the restroom at this point. He locked the door. Oh, he must have, yeah. yeah. 
And God bless Owen Wilson for going along with this. You can catch him, you can catch him like smiling a little bit, like just trying not to laugh. Right to the kidneys, yeah. Suck it. Owen Wilson has never done a fight scene before. The scene, like this, the scene, like just the scene traumatized him for the rest of his career. <laughs> Sometimes I like I do this to my family like I just Don't give them like a squid up salt peanuts <laughs> salty peanuts Get away from Robin Get away from Robin She's taken <laughs> Oh lord And there's Christine Devine Hot, Christine hot Christine Devine, Devine. yeah. Fox 11 zone. She's still there to this day. Why is he eating cookie dough like that? You know, sometimes when we're depressed and... <laughs> oh, man. And these, these TV movies. I know, I love this. Wait for the, for the movie. Eric, Eric Roberts. Uh, <laughs> Eric Roberts taking the piss out of himself. I love it. Eric Roberts is Sam and Sweet in Brother Sweet Brother. There were so many of those movies in the oh 90s. Oh god, yes. God, 90s Christine Devine. Has she ever looked like a normal person? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's part of the job description for a news anchor. You just have to look like a fucking weirdo. Nobody in LA knows who she is, but she's still there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> still with, with Channel 11. <laughs> I have an upgrade order for one Robin Harris. Oh. Total rainbow package. That's every pay channel available. Oh. Yeah. I always <laughs> wish that like a cable company would just show up and be like, admirer. I got an upgrade for you. <laughs> Yeah, apparently you don't have a secret admirer, Adam. No. Was it a man named Steven? I can tell you that. There's something about this scene right here no, I that, like, really had me hardcore crushing on <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Just, just, just her peeking through the door with the little I'm, curl I'm in her saying. hair. It's just like, oh, my gosh. You know you know Don's cousin? Got a little I know her, yeah. That's that very, yeah, very similar uh, facial features. Interesting. Interesting. This is where the seed was planted, apparently, <laughs> for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh. Ooh. Ooh. Robin Robin showed you a birthmark on her left shoulder. It's a birthmark, apparently. It's creepy. What is this sweater? What's going on here? I think it's cute. Did she just shave a llama and fashion it into a sweater? <laughs> Some sort of green llama rolling around the grass. Who wears that and is just like, man, I'm so comfortable right now. <laughs> Alright, get out of here. Okay, now you can leave now. Oh, you're still here. <laughs> Why were you in my pantry? <laughs> I'm glad that she didn't go like full 90s with her with her eyebrows. Mm-hmm. I recently saw a clip of um, the Mummy, and uh, what's the name of that actress who's like the lead in the Mummy? Rachel Weiss. Yeah, Rachel Weiss. Yeah, and her fucking eyebrows, dude. That was so 90s. They were like, you know, they're like those shaved eyebrows that are completely penciled in, which was like hot in the late 90s. Like, ugh. Okay. <laughs> the 90s was a mistake. Only every five minutes. Frankly, I'm sick of hearing it. 
I'm just joking. <laughs> so I'm good. Not, I'm not psychotic at all. <laughs> I'm not manipulating you. You mentioned you guys. No. <gasps> Crossing a boundary. It always is. You know, I asked a woman to marry me. I've always like wanted to like use this story. Oh, on, like, I love this. I know. I know. You know. Some space. <laughs> Do you think this story is real? She's no longer with us. This is not a real story. <laughs> like part of me wants to believe it is. <laughs> this is it right here. This is the best line. How is me you'll never go bungee jumping in I just don't have the regulations. <laughs> What a dig at Mexicans. What are you doing, Ben Stiller? <laughs> and she's so like mama bird right now. It's like, <laughs> it's like I'll take care of you, Mr. Douglas. <laughs> God, this movie is so good. Here it comes. Here it comes. The other greatest line. Hello. It's almost here. <laughs> oh, I I love you too. That was so sweet of you. Oh, well. I have I, I haven't seen this movie in a little while, but like I believe I, Jack I Black's was. shirt. I think they're going to a Soundgarden recipe. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, aren't they? Aren't they, Mike? They are. Oh. <laughs> well, you know what? I've been Soundgarden broke up shortly thereafter. And then Chris Cornell died. Okay. Well, sure. I'll call you as soon as I get home. Okay. Well, if you had a healthy relationship, there it is. Could there it like, is. Yep. Are you ready to yeah. Dylan and Leslie. Now turn on the unraveling. <laughs> oh, you can't blow off Soundgarden, Stephen. Come on. They're not going to be around forever. How could you do this for a girl? This is bullshit. Yeah, and you if you had a healthy relationship part. with Robin, you could have been like, well, I have a concert I have to go to with with my friend Jack Black, mm -hmm. so I'll call you when I get home tonight. Soundgarden is only going to be a band for a little while longer. And he's apparently listening to Chris Cornell. All right, Soundgarden. Apparently, apparently this band's called the Toadies. Oh, the Toadies. Okay, I yeah. always thought that was a Chris Cornell song. I, I assume so, too, because they were going to a Soundgarden re uh, uh, concert, but... Mm -hmm. I love that little you. dig too in the car too. Yeah, maybe I'll take my cable guy. I got her back for I juiced her up. Ew. Free cable is the ultimate F Really? I don't remember that ever being a thing. I wanted to make it up to you. So what are you doing? You wanna catch a fish? Okay, it's been a long week. We need a day apart. Mm -hmm. At least one day. <laughs> I literally kicked you out of my house yesterday morning. I'm going to have to work extra hard to not screw this relationship up again. You're a very nice guy, but I just don't have any room in my life for Like how he's talking to me like he's a toddler. Right. So, what are you trying to say? Oh, snap. Oh. You can feel the moment 
His heart is ripped out of his chest. And I love the camera doesn't cut. We, 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 we're stuck here in this uncomfortable situation. So you're all right. I'm a grown-up. I'm a big boy. I'm a 37-year-old man. I should know what's going on. I have other friends. Remember, remember all those weirdos I brought to your apartment? Mm -hmm. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> yeah I I mean I guess since I was I felt like I was treated this way in my teenage years by friends oh, I god. kind of got it but I still didn't get it you mean no, dumped by, by other yeah. people yeah like you oh, know your no. friends who just kind of you know go hang out without you and you feel kind of weird and unhurt you, you feel hurt by it oh sure yeah but as an adult, that must hurt even more. <laughs> Especially an emotionally stunted adult. Exactly, exactly. I'm worried about Steven. What is it? Well, something isn't right. Doesn't seem like himself lately. Have you noticed anything? Or, uh... No, actually, things are going really well. Mm, so hot. I love this dramatic music in the background. Uh, <laughs> this this, this weird this? tonal shift. And then, and then all of a sudden, you're like, oh god, he's hanging on a telephone wire. Yeah. <laughs> Why is he up here? <laughs> maybe he's just looking like he has to be. He has to look busy. Maybe I don't know. No, it's just part of the creepy. That's, that's part of, he's, part of yeah, the crazy he's right here. Looking outside of her apartment window or mm -hmm. something. Yeah. He, he tapped into some sort yeah, of weird you're right. cable. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably what it is. Because how did he get her phone number is the real question. He shouldn't have had her phone number, but that's he like, true, passed yeah, yeah. To, the, to the freaking telephone lines or something. Ooh. Nice perm. <laughs> <laughs> That is like a perm and a half, man. This actress right here is uh, Amy Stiller. Oh, Amy uh, Stiller. Yeah, Ben Stiller's sister. She never worked again. <laughs> this cop looks familiar, doesn't he, folks? He does. Yeah, he was at the here, here karaoke comes, event. Here comes the, the flashbacks. Oh. A little excessive for receiving stolen property, isn't it? <laughs> I think so. Do you understand? I didn't accept any stolen goods. Do you love the machine? TV? Green? 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 Those are those moments that you've never really noticed. And then George Siegel. Why are you George Siegel, man. That's Mikey's dad from Look Who's Talking. Oh, yeah, you're right, huh? And just shoot me fame later. He was hot back in the 70s. Probably friends of the Stillers. Are you taking the pot? The pot. Just call my cable guy. Steven, the police looked into it. Nobody named Chip Douglas works for the cable Oh, company. the plot thickens. Mm. Do you think this tonal shift is, like, too abrupt? Or do you think this movie has earned it at this point? Now it just makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I think there's been enough of a bread trail to kind of earn this, uh, this weird shift. <laughs> Nobody touches that booty, mister! <laughs> They call me the pumper. The pumper. <laughs> and this is just holding. This isn't. This isn't prison. Oh no! Yeah, they had this because because it's the weekend. They had to send him to jail. Yeah. Right. 
You hear anything? <laughs> now the movie reference for this one, I don't understand. I've never seen it. Yeah, this is a this is a reference to. Um, uh, it's an Oscar-winning movie, and the the scene where like this woman like she takes her boob out, she takes her boob out and like, presses it up against the glass. Yeah, <laughs> put the system on trial. <laughs> I didn't see. You did see that gaslighting right there. No, I taught you. Oh, you better be my friend. Be your best friend or your worst enemy. But why? You seem to prefer the. I don't want either, though. <laughs> Can I opt for none? <laughs> Midnight Express is the name of the movie. Thank you. No, I will not touch it. <laughs> See, he thinks like this is this is this is intimacy, right? Look, look what you've made me done. Don't do that. I'm here for you. Oh Lord. Don't do that, <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Fuck, dude. Fuck. Awesome, awesome scene. 70s. He's right here. He set me up. Arrest him. Hey, Bernie, how's that sports package? This guy has the whole city bribed. All corrupted. Right away. Don't worry about Robin. I'll make sure she's well taken care of. Have you, <laughs> have you ever seen uh the number twenty three? No. With Jim Carrey, that was like his first like horror film that he did. No, I did not. Seeds were planted, man. Like he he was he was doing creepy long before that movie. Right. Really been doing a number on me. I told you, you not to hang out with him. You told me to offer him money and get free cable. Did I tell you to have a karaoke jam with them? Goldman. Hey, got it. Rick. Man, pass around all these big. VHS tapes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what? Where? Where is? Where are we working here? So it looks like he's the cameraman for because we see him with a big camera earlier. Right. So he's like the cameraman for like a news station or something, or a TV station. Chip Douglas. Chip. Douglas. Why does that sound so familiar? Did, so did you ever watch My Three Sons? No. Again, okay. 70s. Too, okay. too many 70s references in this movie. So I wonder if like an older crowd watching this would have like gotten that immediately. Mm-hmm. Oh. This scene is so fucked, dude. <laughs> what is he wearing? That sweater. Cardigans came back a little bit in the mid-aughts, you know? Oh, if you want to look like a psychopath. <laughs> you look rested. Arrested. I'm sensing some weird energy from you. Because I just got out of jail where you sent... Jesus is a fucking psychopath, man. You can if you like. I'd hate to have to show Robin. Oh, that's a prostitute. Bastard! Yee! I just said a bad word in my parents' house. (laughs) More to come. So Stephen is carrying his battle axe, and he's chasing me, waving it around like a madman. So I says to him, I says, hey, it's just a show. What are you trying to prove? Bob Odenkirk over there. Oh, yeah. I love scenes where Jim Carrey is telling a story. To him. 
Like he is so perfect at those. He does that in Dumb and Dumber. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got like the perfect. Do you love me? He too, said yeah. no, but that's a really nice <laughs> ski mask. <laughs> oh man, if you want cringe humor, this scene right here is max cringe humor. Foreskin. Now, I wasn't familiar with this game show either, the game Password. Again, 70s. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get all of these references. I really don't want to play this game. I come on, Steven. Like, what family wants to play this game? Woman. Woman. Uh, man? No. <clears throat> Oh, that intense, intimate stare. So they they fucked, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least once. Jim Carrey bangs all of his co-stars. No, no, I mean, like, in this movie, these two characters have fucked at this point, right? Oh, I think... <laughs> I know she mentions lunch the other day, but, like, the way they're touching each other and holding each other... <laughs> I would have said schlong! <laughs> Oh, I like George Siegel. Just shoot me. It was a great show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look at his dad right there <laughs> between them. Like, the oh, shot I need to hear. <laughs> Nipple. Can I pass? Come on. Steven, oh, be a stick in the you're mud. such a jerk, Steven. I told you never to say nipple to your mother. Breast. Breast. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great delivery too from Mama Kovacs. Mama Kovacs. Remember his clue? Har. They've totally fucked. <laughs> but thanks for noticing. You <laughs> turn. Center. Center. Nipple. <laughs> she got it. You <laughs> like totally way too drugged long. this whole family or <laughs> gave him a bunch of wine. This is no like no family would <laughs> go along with this. You know that little thing. Just say clitoris. We all know what a clitoris no, is. I can't say that to my mother. Hey, she's a grown woman. She can handle it. <laughs> she can handle it. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I don't want to do it anymore. I've had enough. That's it. Oh, skin it's skin. just skin, Steven. No, enough. I don't want to do it anymore. I'm not playing porno password with him. Steven, I really think you're overreacting. I'm not overreacting. You're all being fooled by him. He's not like this. He's a lunatic and he's a fellow. Mm. Oh. Whoa. 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 Everybody just relax. This is gonna a safe place. <laughs> Leslie Mann, she's just like, oh my god, it's freaking god, We knew this was gonna happen. Get out of my life. He's protecting all of his anger. Maybe I should go. No, don't go. Steven, you are being an asshole. <laughs> what? You see what's happening right now? Sometimes I feel like Steven in this exact moment. Like, everyone's fucking crazy. <laughs> and I don't know what's going on. Come on. Robin showed me the birthmark on her left shoulder. It's very 
This manipulative <laughs> asshole. Oh my god. Bob Odenkirk. Man, I never noticed that was him. Yep, yep. His first speaking room. <laughs> Probably. The chick next to him on the left. She's from something. I can't remember, though. Hmm. Let me see if I recognize her. 90s show. I forgive you. I love that. I only hope my neurologist will be What a dumb line. I love everyone's like, he's protecting his wife there. Oh, Lord. You've been here for an hour. Thank you, Valerie Stiller, whatever your name was. Amy Stiller. Amy Stiller. Oh man, those '90s screensavers. Ooh, back to filter again. Da -da -da -da. How's how? Oh, don't get me started. Man, he has no vision. It's like working for Mr. Man, I remember watching a video on a computer. I was like, you can do that easily in the '90s. Like servers weren't prepared for this to like mass. This would have crashed the entire company system. Exactly. This isn't like a tech. This isn't a tech company. This is an architecture company. David Cross. David Cross, yeah. <laughs> this ben is Stiller, biggest filter and Lip Biscuit fan. Was David Cross before uh, Rested Development? Huh? Yeah, absolutely. This is when he was just a stand up. I don't hate you. He's a marijuana. Get out. My hair hurts. <laughs> <laughs> What are you talking about? This is my natural hair. <laughs> he gets fired for that? That doesn't seem right. Uh, yeah. But also, yeah, remember, he got arrested, here. like, That's true. Uh, you know, yesterday. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> or two days ago. Well, it was over the weekend. Yeah, so. that's right. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just imagining, like, Chip running up and down this parking lot. Right. <laughs> God Setting damn. Off. Or this is just all in his imagination. <laughs> Where are you? And, and, and the fact that this movie is not afraid to do like <laughs> horror elements. <laughs> <laughs> you build it. You hook. Makes no fucking sense. <laughs> Bye. Me and my wife, uh, we, we, uh, Hello? Bingo. oh no, that's not this one, the, uh, the later Sons. phone call later. Like, we mimic that scene to one another every now and then. I think that was, uh, Michael McDonald's character. Oh. <laughs> Maybe. I've seen Laverne and Shirley. Young, hot Michael McDonald. Larry Tate. From a little show called... Again. We don't know these references. <laughs> well, I knew Bewitched because I, I, I checked out, like, uh, you know, Nick at Night every now and then. Mm. I didn't know who Larry Tate was. But... Yeah. So this, this movie is, like, perfect for people like our age because we wouldn't have caught all those references. Just, you know, maybe just tangentially from, like, Bewitched and My Three Sons and stuff like that. Like, I've heard of My Three Sons, but I never watched that show. So I would have never got that Chip Douglas reference. You think people are, like, 10 years older than us, like... 
Ben Stiller, Matthew Broderick age. Yeah. Like this movie more. Yeah, which makes me wonder. So, like, folks, if you're out there listening to this, you're, you know, of an older age than us, and like, let us know if you ever seen this movie. Like, did you catch that? Like, were you sus- were you suspicious of the cable guy? Like, immediately. Now I knew this because I watched The Incredible Hulk in the eighties as a little kid. <laughs> it was like one of my favorite shows. Yeah. <laughs> cable guy. But I never realized how accurate it was <laughs> until. <laughs> Sometime later. <laughs> so I always thought this was a Terminator reference. Oh no, it's all it's all Incredible Hulk, nineteen eighties. Oh, cool. uh, what like so Bruce Banner would have like dreams about like the Hulk breaking no, into his the, house? No, just the running here. Yeah, when he does that, when he does that sprint, right? Mm. I forgot the name of the actor who played the Hulk back in the eighties. Oh, Lou Ferrigno? Yeah, exactly. Because he's got the eyes. Like that's those are Hulk eyes right there. Oh, okay. From the eighties. I just it's, this is also before I've seen like Terminator Two, so I figured mm-hmm. because of his outfit and no. because of like the way he's sprinting, I thought that was like a T one thousand thing. No, it's totally. A... <laughs> then he would bust through the door like that. I just wanted to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the music. The music is from Incredible Hulk. Right? Oh, terrible because he runs like that. It's so stupid. <laughs> and he's going doing the mouth thing. <laughs> I think he jumps on a bad guy. <laughs> I just want to hang out. No big deal. <laughs> He could have been Blood Brothers. Do it, Mike. It's a real turnoff. Ask Robin. Rick told me that you were fired from the cable company. You're not even a real cable guy. Can you hold on a second? I have a co waiting. <laughs> this part makes no sense, but I'm so glad it's in this movie. I know. <laughs> and... Sorry, where was I? And the spider. I'm just so tired. See the <laughs> So I read some behind the scenes. Apparently, they really let that spider like crawl well, on his face. That's not a special great. effect. That's great. I'm so very tired, Stephen. But I'm together with a lady friend. <laughs> you might know her. Stay away from her. Goodbye, Steven. Click. <laughs> so he's still on the line there, like, listening to it. We did actually hang up. <laughs> oh, man. We're getting towards the end here, folks. We've got about 15 minutes left in the movie. Thank you again for joining us for this, our very first movie commentary. We hope you're having a good time. I would say watch watch the opening scene to Incredible Hulk from the 80s and get that oh, so reference. That, so that is a, that's in the opening credits? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. I've never seen that show before. I know. It's pretty bad. Soon every American home will integrate their television, phone, and computer. You'll be able to visit the Louvre on one channel. So why would Robin agree to this at this point? I know. It's raining. But he convinced her just like uh, he convinced Steven. That's true, yeah. But like, he didn't like snap his fingers and then on a dime start going unhinged. He was obviously unhinged. On the ride here. Steven. Mm-hmm. Steven. 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 
At this point, it's been like a week and a half. Yeah, about a week and a half, yeah. Like he glitches out a little bit. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that was all about. <laughs> Fucking straight up unhinged, dude. <laughs> Our hero has arrived! Yeah. <laughs> the true MVP of this movie is that old lady who hinted where they were at. Mm -hmm. Thank goodness for lonely old women who overhear other people's conversations. You know? <laughs> they just don't make satellite dishes like this anymore. I know, goodness gracious. Probably for the best. It's so easy to get on, get on them. I know. <laughs> Maybe Whoa. it's because of this movie, satellite companies like everywhere like tightened up security. I think so. <laughs> and like, how did he string her up like that? Like, <laughs> hey! <laughs> uh, always wanted to do that. This fucking boss battle is so fucking brilliant. Like, everything's culminated. I've seen it. <laughs> oh man. Oh. <laughs> Again, one of the most terrible movies of the 90s. Yep, yep. Kevin Costner. So bloat. What a bloated nothing I, movie. Some years later, I saw the beginning to that world, and I heard Kevin Costner say that dry land is not a myth. I have seen it. And I was like, oh! <laughs> That's a thing from a movie I love. I get it oh, now. Oh, Steven? Steven. <laughs> not for long. <laughs> 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 He's got a lot of access to pulley systems to string up women. I know, jeez Louise. This is this must not be like look how good those knots are. This is not the first time he strung up a woman to a satellite dish. <laughs> Poor Robin's like fucking terrified. <laughs> Danger music. <laughs> it's like such a serious scene, and then he throws in that. Dun, 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 and the actual dun. score is like <laughs> what he's humming. It's amazing. But he owns the police. That's true. He owns one cop. How many? How much free cable is he giving off to these cops? <laughs> So it's a staple gun. I know. Oh, that's, his, that's his only weapon. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, mi that's mildly annoying, Chip. Like, the most damage he could do to her right now is, like, staple her beanie to her head and she have to, like, get it off it with a, from, a, from an urgent care. <laughs> I don't really have a plan. <laughs> No! We just went full fucking meta right there, man. Mm -hmm. It is a movie, but he said it's not. But it is an ending, but it isn't. <laughs> Every time I see this movie, I still can't help but feel bad for him. Mm -hmm. Screwed it up again. I screwed it up. I just was forcing you to be my friend. <laughs> I was just threatening every aspect of your life. I mean, once this 
quote unquote movie is over, you still have no job. Your family still hates you. I mean, you're lucky that Rick still likes you. He lives in a van. <laughs> yeah. Let's chill down and watch TV for a while. How often have we said that to our children? <laughs> I wish there was a day that you can just leave your parents, leave your kids at home with TV. Be like, be back later. Yeah, you just you just hang out with Mr. Babysitter. <laughs> I'm the bastard son of Claire. <laughs> <laughs> I lost cutting him. I at least know that reference. I know this reference here. I know. I'm watching the facts alive. Oh god. It's like now he just realized how much TV shaped his personality. Fucking fucked up his life. <laughs> There's only one way to do. That's it. No. There's only one way out. <laughs> That's what I have to do. At this point, would, would the cops have been climbing the scaffolding at this point? I don't know. It's not really safe. I'm not thirsty anymore. I love that line. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, he's so Don't far gone. This poor guy. We all get lonely. Yeah. But I get but real I lonely. He's <laughs> I mean, got a whole like self-realization moment here. Yeah. <laughs> the Facts of Life was a stupid show. Why did it run for so many years? But there are a lot of little cable boys and <laughs> Don't you understand, Steven? This line here. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand this line until adulthood. Of course. Somebody has to kill the babysitter. Initially, I thought that was like a uh, like a, a quote from a movie or something. And now it is. Now it is. <laughs> You're right. Oh my God! It's so meta. <laughs> <laughs> this is the moment America has been waiting for. We have just been informed that the jury has notified the judge that they reached a verdict. You got quite a good spin. It's Kyle Gass. Here's Kyle Gass. It's like we all hung around the TV for OJ. Innocent man OJ. It's like apparently innocent man Donald Trump. Still innocent after all these years. <laughs> I love how stupid this is. I know. <laughs> oh, oh everybody, bears. get your phones out, guys. It'll be okay. Steven's dad here. Why is everybody eating while they're watching this? Is I know. <laughs> and why? Yeah, and it's like late night. So what court is out at the moment? Like, you know, deliberating. <laughs> oh shit! Who was that? I think Chris, you, you Chris Kattan was one of the other knights. Oh, really? I think so. And look, oh, cool. why, why did Kyle Gass pick up a book and go right to it? Ah. Not only did he pick up a book randomly <laughs> that was next to him, he just went to like page 57 and started I know. reading. And he's like so enthralled. <laughs> I always thought he was dead, but he's not. Mm -hmm. It's going to be okay. I showed this movie to Zoe like a year ago. You know, oh, you know, on the pretext that like, oh, this is one of my favorite comedy movies. And when we got to this part, she was like, <gasps> 
oh my god like, oh never mind it's okay did she like this movie oh she said it, she, she she said she loved it okay i'm not yeah. sure how 12 year olds would handle this i yeah well i told her ahead of time like well the technology is going to be dated but like the movie itself is like wonderful. because she also likes like dark humor and you know absurdist humor too she definitely is her father's daughter but uh yeah one of the best fake outs in all of cinema right here <laughs> And now they take him to the psych hospital. Yep, and that's the end of the cable guy, folks. So thank you again for joining us on this very special episode of the Skinny. Thank you, thank you, Adam, for cashing in your uh, your 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 bet loss over here. Had a great time doing this with you. So you always wonder, like, so what? Whatever became of the character? You can't do a sequel to this, but no, not not at this point, too. I mean, but it's definitely that like. Oh, we're setting you up you for a sequel, folks. It's like, he's still alive. He's still alive and looking for buddies, you know? Wanna know my name? And I still don't know, like, too many, too much backstory behind this movie. Ben Stiller seems to not talk about it much either. Yeah, but again, like, in the, in the per, per, perception of the general audience, like, this movie is perceived to, to be not good. Mm-hmm. And I think all of that just kind of hangs on, like, people are off-put by creepy Jim Carrey... You know, people go into this movie expecting like a Dumb and Dumber, uh, Ace Ventura type of Jim Carrey, especially because it's 96. Uh, but, you know, they come in here and he plays the villain and like a really unsettling villain with that weird, you know, dark humor that Ben Stiller is known for. So, you know. <laughs> and then that weird tonal shift right at the beginning, right at the middle of the movie. So, you know, it, it, I can understand like why some people would be like, I, I didn't like that movie, <laughs> you know. This, yeah, this is one of my favorite movies. Definitely my favorite comedy. It's got just the right amount of dark humor. It's super absurdist. It's got physical comedy. It's got weird Jim Carrey stuff. Doing his peak Jim Carrey stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Having his E.T. moment. Yeah. <laughs> but helicopter guy looks familiar too. He's, yeah, he's he does. Guy. I'm pretty sure I've seen this actor before. No. Yeah, sure you are. Yeah. Sequel. <laughs> See you in the sequel, folks. It's going to be a fun week. Mm-hmm. Again, Adam, thank you so much for joining me on, on this one. I had a great time doing this. We might do another movie commentary if this one does really well. So It was interesting. Know. Very was interesting. Cable Boy, played by Cameron Starman. <laughs> okay. Cable Boy's mother was Kathy Griffin. Oh, Interesting. Oh, I didn't know. This I didn't is the that. Jerry Cantrell song. This is the Jerry Cantrell song, yeah. I don't know if this is on his first solo album or not. Well, according that, to... not a very good album. According to the uh, Wikipedia page on The Cable Guy, it consists of previously unreleased songs, largely of alternative rock and heavy metal bands, and, and includes the first solo recording of Jerry Cantrell <laughs> ah, of, uh, okay. Ace of Alice in Chains fame. Yes. Well, I don't think it's on the Boggy Depot album. It's not a very good album, so I don't recommend it. But <laughs> you'll get into him later. <laughs> oh yes, as I as I as I've seen from my list. So, folks, there's no like um, there's there's no like post credit scene. So let's go ahead and end the movie right here. Mia Apatow, and... assistant to Mr. Stiller. Interesting. Assistant oh. to Mr. Apatow. Well, Apatow yeah. is Apatow uh, produced this movie. Mm, okay. So yeah, Ben Stiller directed. This is one of uh, Judd Apatow's like first uh, productions. Again, where he met as Leslie Mann and they fell in love and had a family. 
still be at it to this day. So, yeah, I, I, I think it's an underrated gem. I think with, I think with the benefit of perspective, especially with Jim Carrey's career and how, you know, how diverse he is as an actor, I think a lot more people should check this out and, you know, appreciate it now uh, for what it was. So, yeah, give give it give it a. I mean, you just watched it with us, so <laughs> go watch it again. It. Tell your friends about it. <laughs> tell your friends. Tell your older friends. Maybe they mm-hmm, might get the yeah. references. Yeah, absolutely. So people our age, you know, in the mid thirties, early thirties, you know, mid or early to mid forties, like I think we'd get the appreciation a lot more because you know we grew up in this time and we are familiar with that technology and the music and all that stuff too. But you know, as as I as I learned from last year. Apparently, twelve-year-olds like it too because the comedy <laughs> holds up. You know, exactly. So, exactly. If you so just take out, take out nineteen seventies TV show and push yeah. it current TV show. I don't know. During during our watch of it last year, I definitely had to explain to her all the references that I knew, so she at least right. got the content. So. Okay. Yeah. So again, folks, thank you so much for joining us on that one. We've got a little bit more show to get to before we get to Man. the end of the episode, but we it's hope you enjoy it. Early. We can it still is, go for another it? hour here. Let's do it. <laughs> Tell me about it. Well, we got some albums that we've been checking out as well. Um, I had. Um, well, well, first let's get let's get to the one that we both listened to uh, this past week. The newest album on our list. That's a uh, Haley Williams. We talked a little bit about uh, her new solo album her, that was Shadow Dropped on the fifth. Flowers for Vases, Descanos, uh, which I believe means like the ruined or something, or the wrecked, something like that. Or the, yeah, something like that. But um, yeah, this is her second solo effort, written in quarantine. She did all the musicianship herself. Um, she, uh, the production was done by somebody else, but like she did all the music, she did all the lyrics, she did all the songwriting, of course, like that. Yeah, like she so, did. She didn't do her. Uh, oh, it means break, by the way. Oh, to break. Okay. Cool. But she, yeah, she didn't rely on anybody else, and I thought that was a good thing to do. Yeah, took, and it's a took... it's a solo album in like every sense of the word, really. So. You know, we had our we had our thoughts on the previous uh, solo, you know, "Pedals for Armor," and you know, it wasn't it wasn't our favorite uh, night for neither of us. And there were some songs that like kind of hit us in the in you know. Let's go. Oh, this is this is a cool direction for her to go. But uh, what did you think now that you've had a week with "Flowers for Vases"? Yeah, I thought it was a lot better than uh, "Pedals for Armor." That's for sure. I, yeah, like I agree. The... I like the tonal shift. Uh, I like the more acoustic driven music here yes i i mean the art pop element of pedals for armor was a little off-putting for us i guess mm, yeah um, this was just purely like piano and and acoustic guitar driven kind of stuff yeah. a little bit of digital drums in the background as well and uh, her, i assumed her playing drums at times maybe i don't know <laughs> yeah, who knows yeah i mean you know multi-millionaire Haley williams i'm sure it can probably if if she can afford a jacuzzi for the for the for her photo shoot for the album cover, then I'm sure she can afford a drum kit. <laughs> <laughs> At least one. Yeah. So yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, there's not a lot of up-tempo ditties going on or anything. No, like definitely that. like low tempo stuff kind of, you know, it's definitely sad girl music for sad girls, but you know, not so much reliant on like the artsy, artsy fartsy kind of like digital like uh electronica stuff so it, it was right. a little bit more analog it was a little bit more acoustic driven and uh, yes. i think that's for the benefit you know i i think it's i think her voice and her and her songwriting is kind of benefits the fact that it's a little bit more acoustic and kind of kind of homey but uh, i gave it a nine out of 14 which is a pretty good score compared that to is a lot higher than you scored pedals for armor 
I know. So I will just take that for what it's worth. I'm probably not going to go back and like rock out to this and go deep lyric diving, but it was still a pleasant listen. Yeah, it, it was a pleasant surprise because again, you know, it was a shadow drop. But um, yeah, as, as, as far as for what it is, like I, I, I enjoyed it and I think it is a better album than Pedals for Armor is, but you know, that's kind of subjective really. But uh, but I think if you enjoyed Pedals for Armor, I think you're going to really enjoy this. If you didn't enjoy Pedals for Armor, I, th- I still think you're going to enjoy this. I think it's kind of, it goes in a different enough direction than mm-hmm. uh than that but while still kind of maintaining a similar identity i guess but uh yes. yeah not, I, not I, as many I, relationship songs i don't think not really there are a couple in here where she's right. she's talking about a new love and how like you know like oh my I, I think one of the lyrics in here that i really liked was like how like i didn't fully live until i met you or something like that so she's moved on from her divorce folks i hope Good so for her yeah buying jacuzzis getting naked <laughs> in jacuzzis for the benefit of our list of people who check out the album you know her clothing budget is very low these days very li- her yeah her, her her jacuzzi budget budget very high clothing budget very low so that's why she can afford it now just <laughs> yeah she hasn't she she's been cutting her budget on clothing and avocado toast apparently which is <laughs> all we need to do to be rich but um, there you go yeah so if you haven't already uh, i think both of us highly recommend uh petals uh flowers for vases and uh See what you guys think. I think I think your mileage may, may vary, dear listener. But uh, I think there's stuff in here that I think everyone could enjoy. You know, a few songs here and there. So go check it out. Highly, highly uh, hope that you do that. All right. What's next, Mike? What's next? Well, since we're gonna go ahead and skip Meatloaf until next week because you're okay. checking out Bad Out of Hell Part One, uh, yes. let's go ahead and talk a little bit about. Uh, um, my my continue on from my journey kind of ending it this week because i'm only checking out three albums from this band but matchbox 20 more than you think they are their 2002 album their follow-up to mad season the album that i very much enjoyed from last week Uh, yeah so you know kind of going in a little bit of a more up-tempo a bit of a heavier direction uh this time around it's an interesting change from just one year to the next yeah it's it still feels like this band can't find an identity because everybody like I like this and then no we don't like this as much so we'll change it back to something else that people will like and I don't know if anybody I don't know how, how many people liked this album but I sure did it's one of my favorite albums of all time yeah it's hard for me to get a read on Matchbox Matchbox Twenty and how they are kind of perceived to the general public because they are a popular band because their songs are played over and over again to this day but. Mm-hmm. No, I don't ever hear anybody be like, oh, they're my favorite band. They're one of the best rock bands of the 2000s and right. things like right. that. So like, but I feel like, like this album is some of their best work for sure. So let's talk about that a little bit. I, 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 for, for me, again, I've, I've listened to these three albums in the span of two weeks. <laughs> so I don't have the, I don't have the, um, the, the history with it as like you do. I, I still think Mad Season is a stronger album. Okay. Um, I do like. I, I do think it's interesting the the direction that some of these songs go, the kind of more heavier direction, which kind of makes it feel a little uneven as far as like, um, as far as far as judging this uh, as 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 a singular album goes. But um, so 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 it is a little disjointed. I felt here and there, but um, the song writing is still pretty strong. I like yeah. the I like the, the I like the themes of some of the songs and mad season a little bit more because you know mm-hmm. they go fucking heavy in that album Whew. but um musically they go a lot heavier in this one and of course people yeah. will recognize 
you know, the, the biggest hit here on well. Um, yes. Uh, I, I kind of recognize disease. Um, yeah. That was the first single. And you know, that's a interesting song for mm-hmm. them after like the emotionally heavy mad season and you know, where I was at with that album. And then to like disease was the first single just being like, well, this is a different band practically. Right, yeah. <laughs> And and I kind of got that too, going straight from one album to another, and you know, without having without the benefit of like listening to this album over and over and over again until the mm-hmm. next one came like five years fucking later. Mm-hmm. So like you know, with, with with such a quick turnaround for me, like it, it was a little jarring. It was like a it, it was like oh we're doing this now. Okay, right. well it's like we want to be like that pop VH1 ish band mm-hmm. and not alienate our our adult contemporary crowd. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> and I don't think they did. And, uh, yes. So, so it's, it, I, I think like production wise, very good. Oh yeah. Very um, clean. As far as, as far as the production of the album goes, very clean, yeah. very crisp. Like the, all, all of the, all of the instrumental elements pop, like even like the kind of like the, the like the outside, the, the, the instruments that were outside of like the band, like the, mm-hmm. the, the actual band stuff. Like yeah, that, that stuff came up, came pretty well. Like, mm-hmm. um, it's got like, that, that stadium kind of feel to it or arena rock kind of feel mm-hmm. I, I guess if that's the way you want to put it like these, these songs feel like they should be in big giant venues not little yeah tiny. i mean like unwell is a song that's like you can tell it was written to like bring the house down i'm not crazy i'm just a little unwell. Right. someone's gonna clip that and put it in a <laughs> be three later <laughs> don't do it <laughs> I, my only my only thumbs down song for this whole album is hand me down I feel like that one is a little too over the top. Yeah, you can tell it was trying to be like the, like the a girl. I'm here for you, girl. Yeah, and it's like super long too. It's like five minutes. Yeah, yeah. But downfall, probably one of my favorite songs they've ever done. Yeah, That's, by Trust Company. Yeah, man. And I think, <laughs> I think the Matchbox Twenty spin on the Trust Com- Company classic, <laughs> right. throwing in a gospel choir. I mean, a Trust Company just doesn't have those resources so i know they, they couldn't <laughs> afford it at the time you know with the but still yeah, this is a good song i love you, you're right like the incorporation of the gospel choir kind of really adds a, a, an emotional weight to this song too and it's yeah good it, this is good stuff it is a little dated uh, still but um I, I think even in the context of 2021 both uh you know the first three albums from this band i think there's there's enough to um hold you over uh, mm-hmm. If you, if you, uh, but I think you do have to kind of go into it with a little bit of like the early two thousands ears, um, it, 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 that that kind of vocal style that um, Rob Thomas, who we found out this past week, thanks to you know one of our listeners on Discord, is right. a huge Brian Fallon fan. Yes, so that was we, so crazy to yes. hear Rob Thomas singing a Gaslight Anthem song. Yeah, and, and like, it fits so well with wow. his voice too. You know? <laughs> it just like totally took me in a weird direction, and the seven people in the crowd that were cheering, I was like, <laughs> "Yay!" Yeah, <laughs> but, I see the des- description of that video he sent us to, like that 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 was in New Jersey too. So that was the perfect oh, crowd to do that go. song. Yeah, I was reading some of the YouTube comments that were all mostly positive, except one said, "There's no way this man has felt the heartbreak that Brian Allen has." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Well, have you heard Mad Season? Because that's pretty." Mo- no. Anyway, yeah, exactly. I didn't. I didn't get into a comment war with some, a comment from three years ago. <laughs> exactly. Like I don't even have that account anymore. But I just said last week that like Mad Season feels like thematically, or I don't know if that's the right word for it, but it feels like 
American slang where mm. you know, I mentioned that where it's like, okay, here's, here's some like, like, like more poppy sounding songs at the beginning that are kind of like emotionally heavy. And then you just hit the middle and it's just like, uh, uh, gut punch all the way till the freaking end. Yeah, and definitely. American slang goes. So I was just like, wow, it's, it, it, I, I didn't really make that connection that that album from 2000 compared to an album from 2010, you know, would have had any correlation, but I'm seeing it more so now. Yeah. And and that's kind of where I am as far as like the, like why I enjoy mad season a little bit, like the, the the emotional weight of Mm. some of those songs are a lot, um, a lot more like relevant to my music tastes in in general. And it just like those songs are going to hit a little bit better. Um, than some of the songs here on a more than you think you are, but still an overall like enjoyable listen. And I really, in, like, I really, I really enjoyed my journey with uh, these three albums here. And um, yeah, and it, again, going into this, I didn't really know what to expect. I was only familiar with this band's huge singles. I didn't always, I, and also when you recommended them, I like, I kind of like forgot like, Oh yeah, some of these, a couple of these albums are, in your top 100 and i never really we never really talk about this band i know i know yeah. well because uh album four t- needs not to be discussed <laughs> yeah uh, apparently i'm stopping here too so we're not we're not no going for any go further, further. <laughs> and that's where it just kind of really took a nosedive so um but yeah even though i was like all into grunge music in 2002 it was like always this this more than you think you are album was there in the mix with my alice in chains albums and i was still enjoying it just as much back then mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think Rob Thomas is still married to his super smoking hot wife that he wrote wrote all those Mad Season songs about. (laughs) How sweet. So that's, that's cool. (laughs) Very cool. Yeah. So thumbs up for me. Uh, Go, go check out the first three albums from Matchbox 20. If you're so inclined, if you want to get some uh, early 2000s post grunge adult contemporary alternative pop rock. I guess yeah. is the best way I can describe it, but yeah, good song. If you, especially if you're just a fan of like good songwriting, this I think this is gonna this is gonna wet your whistle. Right. A, I don't think way. I'll I don't think I'll ever jump into his solo stuff. I always feel like I should, but I'm like, ah, I don't know if I would like it. And he's only got like four solo mm. albums, I think. So it's not like too crazy, but I just I don't know if I get around to it someday, maybe I will. Have you heard of this band uh, who was around? Uh, since the 1980s called Guns and Roses Guns and Roses Guns and Roses um no tell me more <laughs> uh so they have this lead singer uh, like tw- he goes by like Axel Rose 18 like 18 to 20 million albums of their first album sold like right off the bat they release one album and i mean something like that right yeah yeah something they're, they're kind of like a you know the kind of like a regional yeah like regional success regional. by regional i mean like worldwide. <laughs> yes <laughs> became worldwide overnight superstars yes um, at, the, at the tender age of you know uh, Slash was 22 when uh, Appetite for Destruction came out. Axel was 25. I mean, you know, like the normal kind of experiences for for people in their 20s. To, oh my to god, go fuck my life! Yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Think of how I felt now listening to it 20 years later and being like, "Wow, these guys were so young." Yeah, it's exactly. Not surprising. It all imploded in the early 90s, but. Appetite for Destruction, 1980. I, I, I checked out Appetite for Destruction because Adam wants me to check out the first three, technically four albums from Guns N' Roses. So, so do you want me to tell you my history with this please first? Please do. Or do you want me to? <laughs> please do, because I have 
<laughs> things to say. Okay. So, um, you know, growing up in the eighties, you see a random video here and there from popular rock stars and, uh, you, you, you kind of get an idea of what a quote rock star is mm. in, in those early formative years. And you hear a random song, you just like, Oh, Hey, guns and roses. You hear that name float around a little bit here and there, but you don't think anything of it until, until you're like older, until you're old enough to have money to buy albums. Cause the internet didn't exist at the time. Of course. But, <laughs> so like, yes, I listened to the doors for, from 1997 through 1999. And I'd only listened to the doors <laughs> and it was, and matchbox 20 here and there, random other little albums. Um, but then I was like, I need, I need something new. I can't keep listening to the same band over and over and over again. And I can remember vividly driving up Alessandro in Riverside, probably January, 1999 mm -hmm. and hearing uh sweet child of mine on the radio and just like grooving out, grooving out like, Oh, Hey, this song's cool. Whatever. And then like, it's you, pretty groovy. I'll you, give you that. You get to that, get to that, that uh, solo, that guitar solo. And like, you just feel yourself becoming one with that solo. And you're just like, Oh, Oh, I'm feeling this like the dun, 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 dun. And you just, you just flow with slashes, uh, fingering. And I was just like, Oh, and then you hit Saul that, Goodman. that ending. Or you, Saul you, Hudson. <laughs> and then you hit that ending where Axel does the, and you're just like, Oh, I need to hear some of this. So I immediately, well, maybe who knows how many days later I needed to save up. <laughs> I needed to save up a lot of money back then to uh, to yeah. go to my an album like this. Probably would have cost upwards of like thirty five dollars. <laughs> I have a feeling that I bought this album and ACDC's Back in Black either at the same time or right around the same time. But they were probably all like fifteen bucks. So it's like that's like a big chunk of money to drop yeah, on. Yeah, especially as a kid, you know. So. There was, this is all early 99. I remember it being cold and so sometime in the winter. So, and just like listening to this album and just like, a, like finally realizing what this band was and um, why people liked it and um, kind of putting stories together that I was finding on the, the pre days of the internet at the time and just being like, oh, hey, there's a lot of songs on here I had never heard like night train and my Michelle and think about you and rocket queen and all those kinds of songs. Like those songs are pretty cool. And I drove this album into the ground for the you next, wrecked, you wrecked <laughs> that shit until my grunge days came on in late 2001. So, I mean, we're talking early 99 to late 2001. I listened to this album like at least once a week, for that entire time, as well as Use Your Illusions 2, which I had also bought because there were a few songs on there that I knew I liked. And like, the, like my idea of what this band was like got formed in my little 19 year old brain. And I knew that I liked songs and I knew that they made me feel tingly at times. And <laughs> I really, really enjoyed that. And I really was hoping that there was, there was going to be a new album soon because everything on the internet was just like, Oh, Chinese democracy is right out. Right, right, <laughs> right out soon. Like, hey, it's 99. We'll probably get it right around 2000. There's no doubt. Yeah, it's it. already done guys. <laughs> it, it, it just, it, we just got to work on the distribution aspect of the it. The final, you know? the final stages are, are right around the corner. <laughs> and um, 
somewhere in there, like I, I could listen to Slash's uh, Slash's Snake Pit album, which is also a very good album, and went to see him live twice, and uh, like that, like I was I was just inundated with this band so mm. much. Um, and and in two thousand two, they surprised everybody by showing up to the VMAs and one of the most awful performances that could ever be imagined for a live performance. And then uh, I was just like, okay, Chinese democracy is right around the corner, right around the corner. <laughs> and it just like never ever happened. And this band then just slowly drifted away, drifted and of away. Course, all like the legal trouble with Axl Rose and like you yes. know, all of his like you know faux pas and alcoholism and drug oh, problems, yeah. all that stuff. Um, but but but. Appetite and User Illusions 2 were always like my like two albums that I could go back to and just be like, wow, there's so many songs that I've never heard on the radio that I really like. And that was again another like life altering experience for me coming out of the radio days. And then somewhere in there I purchased User Illusions one and was not equally as excited about that one. So but, quick question. You have me yes. checking out Guns N' Roses and Stone Temple Pilots. Were you ever a big fan of Velvet Revolver? Oh yeah, definitely. But that was okay. 2004. I, 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 if you want me to talk about 2004, that's like another story. Oh, sure. <laughs> I mean, it's, I'm sure you have a whole, your own whole history oh, yeah. with Velvet Revolver. But like, yes, the, not, you're, not, you're not recommending those albums at all? Not really. Okay. The, the the day that the Velvet Revolver album came out was the day that I saw them live for the first time. So I oh, literally cool. went to Target, bought the album, and drove to the show. And I had my my guns and my appetite for destruction uh, liner booklet, and I had my Velvet Revolver booklet, and I got to meet Slash and Duff McKagan and get them to sign both of those. Dope, dude. Do I know where those album booklets are now? No, but <laughs> but but so that's when you frame it immediately. <laughs> hey, but we hung out. We went to the backstage area where the guys come in and they, you know, got out of their cars and signed autographs and were really Hell awesome. Yeah, dude. Um, so yes, that was a huge life altering experience for me yeah. at the, the tender song age. Slither still <laughs> fucking like the song Slither still fucking fucks. Yes, a, I love that song. It's a good song. It's not the best of albums though. Okay, um, but, uh, maybe I should go back and re-listen to them one of these days and remember. Go, go find those autographed uh, <laughs> album liner notes. And I'll let you know if uh, it's worth the listen, but no, like, but, but compared to who I was at 19 listening to this and then listening to it this week for the first time in many, many years, it was, it was different. It was not the same as it was for me at 19 because the, the culture <laughs> has shifted yes. so much. Me as a person shifting so much. Cause I can remember listening to those songs back then and just be like, Oh man, this, this is about some, some girl that must've like really pissed off Axel, whatever. And then now you're listening to like, Oh God, he like is really saying awful things. Yeah. He's a complete <laughs> fucking dipshit. Isn't he? <laughs> Total fucking asshole. Yeah. Um, and yeah. So, so that was kind that's, of where I, I want to start then, here. And then my, uh, my, uh, you kept on hearing all the comparisons around 2000 between what Fred Durst was and mm. who Axl Rose was and everybody making those comparisons. I'm like, no way. Axl Rose is so much different than Fred Durst. I was a total Axl Rose apologist at the time. And, uh, now if you, if you look at it from an adult brain and you realize that these are a bunch of kids on drugs with way yep. too much money um who that again th way th too fast too th these were not like super rich kids making an album these were 
street punks living in LA who were hanging out and threw an album together that, that it came out and then David Geffen pushed it to the radio stations. And that's what made it take off. Like six months after the album came out was when it got popular and then sweet child of mine took them to a whole other level. And then all of the heart of gold, all of the craziness came out from that. So it's like, I was totally just putting all those pieces together, re-listening to that this week and use your illusions takes you in a whole like other place. But I, I think that's all I have to say about that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that because I definitely want to get your perspective on like what you enjoy about this because I going to be honest here. I had a hard time with this one. Mm -hmm. Like I had a hard time. understand. Yeah. And it's a, it's a good time capsule album. Yes, because um, I feel like you need you need to hear it as a music connoisseur. Yeah, it's yeah, an album that and everyone I'm, should hear and get an idea for. Yeah, and I'm definitely grateful for that too, because I'm I'm not going into this thinking like, oh, even though I don't enjoy it, I'm like I'm not I'm not like upset that I, you know, spent a week with it. I, I'm I'm glad that I did because you know, it, it, like I said, it's a it's a time capsule. It was kind of like where rock was. At, you know, in the in the 90s go, or 80s and going into the 90s mm-hmm. and it was that kind of like we were pushing the big personalities we were pushing the gigantic mm-hmm. rock stars we were pushing the slashes and the mm-hmm. and the axel roses and you know everybody else who kind of looked and dressed and sang like him but um, right but, uh, but they were definitely like the the dirtiest of all of that like oh there, sure yeah like, even listening to it now i'm just like oh man this is like this is it's dirty. Like that's the only word I can describe it where like the other glam metal guys were you mean, like lyrically. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like there's, I mean, my Michelle, I think that was their song. Right. My Michelle is like a a redeeming prostitute song. It's like, who who was writing about that (laughs) in the eighties? Who would ever write about that? Which Um, I think like for the time was like provocative. Right. So mm -hmm. like, I, so I understand like why this was popular. I understand the, I, I understand the hype behind this because in 87 like rock was in very different place than it is now like nowadays like we do like bon jovi do, was just like riding that high wave at that point absolutely you know? yeah so you have like the bon jovi on one end of the spectrum and you have axel rose on the other end and it's like well one of them is definitely like grittier than the other and it's going for a different thing and going for a different a audience punk. a lot more yeah punk. it doesn't definitely those punk influences but you look at this in comparison to the music scene of today and like even though we say we don't we we are still kind of attracted to like those big rock star personalities mm-hmm. um, but um this is when there was like at its peak it was this is like the sex drugs and rock and roll kind of lifestyle was that was was you know was was the was what was expected right. of you um, it was, you know, it, it, there's the misogyny, the casual misogyny in, in all of you your can, lyrics. You can pick up on all of it. You can pick up on the Fred Durst references and the Ronnie Radke references. Yeah, and all that absolutely. Stuff. And, and, and <laughs> front men like them, like they grew up with music like this. So they mm-hmm. emulate this, you know, and, right, and, and, and right. it's successful for them because mm-hmm. that's because we as an audience are like attracted to that. Yes. Uh, we, you know, we love, we, we either love them or love to hate them. And, right. you know, that, and so I understand what this album is going for, for that, but like, mm-hmm. As an album, I had a rough time with it because a lot of this is just not my thing. Like, I don't like lyrics about like treating women 
badly or there's a lot of that i had no idea yeah. there was so much of that <laughs> until this week i was like wow i just like glossed that over from 19 to 21 like mm-hmm. i didn't even think about it one second so man it's it's yeah, weird it, it's it's just not where i am at this point <laughs> in my life it's not like where it's not what i look for in music mm-hmm. and just that at you know just just that glammy attitude that glammy attitude i'm like i'm so past that at this point like i, I just want good songwriting and competent musicianship which you like know, the musicianship is like amazing yeah, yeah the, the musicianship is amazing like I didn't, and again i didn't i don't think i really honed in on slash until i listened to it this week because i was just i i grew frustrated with the lyrics and so every time i got frustrated i would just like go to the rhythm and just be like wow slash is like tearing up this this album this is awesome yeah for especially and for then however young he was at 22 this point, 22 years old yeah, yeah. Fuck this guy dude <laughs> he already had like a huge drinking and heroin problem so it's like yeah, he so still he doesn't even fucking remember writing this fucking album right exactly, so exactly it's like so so i'm not faulting this 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 album like on the on the musician standpoint because like the the, the guitar licks are fucking incredible like they mm-hmm. hold up to this day yes. like slashes slashes bar none like a legendary guitarist and it and it shows like whether he was fucking high as fuck when he wrote this or not like <laughs> it still it still holds up and it's and, and so i'm not faulting you for that it's just it's the stuff just around it it's it's it really is like the axel rose oh, of, yeah. of, of this that like it's 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 it, it grates on me like i don't right. like that shrill um screaming that he does mm-hmm. I, I i can't stand it at all and like the weird sex noises he makes throughout the album it's it's <laughs> very off-putting there, there's a few of those yes it's, it's, it's more than i'd like to admit but uh uh but yeah so it's so this album's like kind of rough with me but again it's a time capsule I, right. I get a good understanding of where rock was in the 80s so i'm moving on now to lies so i will be so you are uh, gonna listen to lies okay i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna listen to everything that you it is an recommend. ep Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, you don't have to. I mean, there's really, uh, there's like a few uh, cover songs and like four acoustic songs, including Patience. Um, oh, okay. And You're, You're Crazy from Appetite for Destruction Acoustic is on there. So it's not oh, really right, right. Okay. a good one. And and One in a Million is one of the, the worst songs <laughs> like they've ever done because it like he he uses the n word he uses the oh, f word fuck. i mean like it, it, and he's even said like yeah i probably shouldn't have done that back then but you know i was an idiot yeah it was a different place right <laughs> yeah, yeah but, and he's but, he uh, basically just used it i forget what i exactly read but it, it you know he's at least owned the fact that he was not the best of people. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm grateful for that. At least, at yeah. least he recognizes that that was an inappropriate thing to do. So I'll just move on to use your illusion then. Yeah. And I, I can, you're not going to like it. I can already say that, <laughs> but and it's what long, I talked about. Yeah. There, there's definitely several really good songs in the mix of these 30 tracks here. Um, well, I'm gonna do part one for now because okay. this is this is like the 16 tracks is so long. Mm-hmm. So, like you know, there's... And, and if you want everything, because I, I just realized, you know, more so listening to everything and, and absorbing it this week, that was like this is the response albums to like everything that they went through after the criticism. They, well, this is this is basically putting putting out everything that went on internally in the band. Oh, okay. 
due to them becoming so big, so young, getting fucked up as they did. So there's, there's some really bad songs on here. There's definitely, there might be some sex noises here and there. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But then you, you, there's misogyny, there's violence, maybe not violence. No, yeah, you'll get to the violence on the next. Violence against women, I'm sure. <laughs> but it's like, <laughs> it's you know, is it just that time capsule thing? That like, it's the time capsule thing because it's 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 like he's telling stories about women who like violence, and I don't know if that actually exists in the <laughs> okay. real world. But in my 19 year old brain, I was just like, oh, this girl just really likes what they're talking about. <laughs> so, yeah, she's into BDSM. Um, and 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 back off bitch okay that that song was definitely written that was one of the first songs they wrote oh, in cool. like 1985 when they first became a band setting the vibe yeah and it's like I, that was like i liked that song back then but now it's ooh, it's way it's, it goes a little too far okay. but but well, this I mean, album I will go into this like with I, w- I will go into this with that mindset like i'm not yeah. going to be expecting to be like like oh this is a fucking hidden gem and you're all fucking crazy for not liking it like no i like for where I am in my life and like the type of music that I like, I, I will judge this accordingly, but I'll try to appreciate what I can from it. It is, it is like, it is a great snapshot into like what it, what it is to be in your mid twenties. Here's millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Here's all the drugs and women and, sex drugs, and, yep. and fame. And it's going to fuck you up. And these two albums just tell that story okay. in my opinion. And I didn't get that at the time, but now like, as a 40 year old, I'm just like, okay, like they, they were telling us this and some of the songs are terrible. Some of them are really, really good. Um, and I think use your illusions two is better than use your illusions one. Okay. It's epic. It's punk. It's regular rock music. Alice Cooper is in it a lot i don't know why (laughs) yeah exactly and there's cover songs and there's you know there's this version of don't cry and then there's don't cry with alternate lyrics on usual illusions too um so i i I can honestly say you're not going to enjoy most of it i don't i I, for me it's an eight out of 16 like it's it's not that great of an album okay but it's it's telling a story. We'll just put yeah, it out. I mean, at this point, you know, especially like midway through the week when I was just, go- it was just, I was like, okay, I gotta, and go just go back to destruction again, but just, like, just go back to Slash's guitar playing anytime you feel frustrated. That's what yeah, I did. Yeah. So, I mean, like, <laughs> it, it, so, you know, midway through this week when I was like, definitely like, okay, I gotta listen to this again. Oh my God. <laughs> so, like, I just kind of resigned myself to the fact that, like, okay, well, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to appreciate this for what I can, you know? So I'm going to go into this with that same mindset. Were there any songs that you kind of enjoyed? I... Or is it just not Welcome to the Jungle? Like, I just, maybe just because of my familiarity, because, like, mm-hmm. that song's not, like, super problematic to me. Like, it's just, it's so hard because, like, I don't want to say, like, I enjoy some of these songs because, like, I don't. I don't want to like condone any. <laughs> any of, you know, I mean, but so, "Sweet Child of Mine" is a very power. It ballad. is, but like it's I do power ballads like, and all power ballads. But yeah, it, it's it's a power battle. It's a power ballad in like a very traditional sense, right? I don't think it's like anything special from any other big rock band power ballads. So, like, so I guess I enjoyed it because like I'm familiar with it. Okay, um, 
Like I hate Paradise. I hate the song Paradise City. Yeah, I, I fucking that hate that song. It's so like repetitive. And, I used yeah. to like Night Train a lot, but I listened to it this week. I was like, this song isn't doing it for me anymore. Mm. And I always thought Think About You was like the hidden gem of. Yeah, um, Think About You is probably yeah. If you take out like Welcome to the Jungle, I think like Think About You is probably like my favorite song on this one. And I always liked Rocket Queen, except, you know, it's got the sex stuff in it. It's got a lot of <laughs> weird sex shit in it, yeah. So, yeah, so on to Use Your Illusion Part 1, and I will I will report back uh, shortly, my friend. Okay. I know it's a 75 minutes, so... <laughs> hey, if I can listen to the 1975, I can listen I to I know. This. And Coma, the closing track, is an interesting song. So, I, okay. I, it, again, 10 minutes long. It, it fucking drags, but... It's 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 in pieces. It's interesting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get there when we get there. Yeah, November rain. You know, everybody knows that song. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> tell me about Scatter the Ashes, Adam. Scatter the Ashes is a really good album. I don't Scatter know. Scatter the Ashes is a say. fucking hidden gem, dude. There you go. I listened to it one more time this morning just to make sure. I mean, uh, like, yeah, it's it's got everything. Two thousand four would would have to offer this you know it's like dark ethereal punk it was, yes. you know, it was like their only this is like their only album yes. you know little hidden gem from like epitaph records they went on tour with them um, from first to last for a little while like back when first to last was like super big a lot of from first to last vibes that's for sure yeah absolutely so like that's kind of where i was familiar with this band because i saw them on the on a tour billing so i definitely picked up this album on a whim and i yeah, it's one of my favorite albums of all time. I think it's a yes. I think it's a perfect album, man. Fuck. You have it you have it down as number sixty-three, but I will I will move it up to number sixty-four because <laughs> there's at least one album not in your top one hundred list right now. Oh my uh, god. You're right. <laughs> but, but it's got those Thursday vibes. Yeah, um, dude. Obviously the AFI vibes are strong mm-hmm. as well. Um but yeah, this was like really cool. Do you know like what be I mean, this band obviously broke up shortly thereafter but so do you know a couple members i believe the drummer bassist and singer went on to uh form this unsuccessful band called called mother slash father and mm-hmm. they have a they have an album actually let me look it up actually um so they went on and um formed a band called mother father and like it they didn't do big big bucks or anything uh um it's called physical health it's called physical heaven was is the name of the album mm-hmm. and um yeah it's not a it, it's the vibes are completely different than like scatter the ashes it is kind of just more garage punk garage rock kind of stuff with some like like ethereal vibes it's more like oh we're gonna put a bunch of reverb in the singer's voice you know mm-hmm. so okay yeah so this band never really went on to become anything new um, so this is kind of just like their only stuff. They released a standalone single um, after this album came out. Uh, I can't remember what the name of it is, but uh, what is it called? The song's called uh, From the Tops of Trees, which is one of their best songs, actually. They released that in 2005. So seek that out if you if you have a chance. Um, but yeah, this, this Scatter the Ashes with their album Devout is like their only stuff. Really? That's all right. I'm glad I finally listened to it and completed your top 100 list. At I'm least catching your, up, dude. I'm catching 20, up. Your 2017 list. I'll put it that yeah. way. <laughs> um, so, so cool. Yeah, so glad you checked that. You checked that out. Yeah. Anything that like uh, stood out to you? Definitely the track Christine Day. Track yeah, nine. Dude. Yeah. Um, I mean, talk about AFI vibes. That's that's the track right there. Mm, City and Sea is one of my favorite uh, 
songs in here. White Actress is really good. Like, the, yeah, the, the drum beat and White Actress is such a good song. Mm-hmm. Definitely, I think the yeah the first five tracks I really enjoyed. The uh, Our Invocation track six is just an instrumental track, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That one feeds like, into White Actress. That one didn't really hit me very well, but I I gave this a seven out of ten. Oh, together. Okay. So yeah, the, the the closing track I wasn't too sold on. Um, in the company of wolves, something. wolves <laughs> wasn't too sold sold on. But those are the three tracks that I, I put down. But oh, uh, cool, dude. Yeah. Well, yeah. That sounds like a, sounds like a successful album to me. Definitely. So I'm glad to finally put your list to rest until you ever update it, <laughs> which will be never because that's, that's a definitive list and nothing no. else needs to be changed. No, all music is canceled. <laughs> hey, my list sempaternal is hanging by a thread these days. Oh my God. Sempaternal. Sempaternal is Are my you number fucking kidding me? 97 album right now. You fucking kidding me. <laughs> you got to make room. Got to make room for the new. Oh my God. <laughs> Let's move on before you really upset me. <laughs> You checked out the new Foo Fighters album that came out this oh, past Friday, right? Yeah, there's not too much to say about it. I mean, mm-hmm. I keep on giving Foo Fighters a chance. I keep on being underwhelmed by all of their albums. Like th- this album, this band has never impressed me beyond like a seven out of eleven. Um, but they can write a good single. I could definitely put that out there. And I'd say big single for Medicine at Midnight. Shame, shame. Track two. Um, I had not heard it, but apparently that was the first single that okay. was being, I, I think it was in like a Chevy commercial or something. So, okay. <laughs> I mean, they're not making any money doing shows, so might as well sell yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. Got to get your money somehow. So the first three tracks on here, I really enjoyed. Medicine at Midnight, the title track is really good. That's about it. I, I gave this album a four out of nine. Yeah, so it's it's not long, but it's not very good either. I haven't heard anything that great from them since Wasting Light in 2011. And that, again, that was a 7 out of 11. That was like their most experimental album. Well, I mean, you and I kind of enjoyed like the concept of Sonic Highways. Yeah, you know? just, just not the songs. Sonic yeah, Highways. I mean, it, it, unfortunately, that's the song does, The song writing doesn't uh, hold up to the concept of the album. But uh, yeah, right. Concrete and Gold from 2017 wasn't like, you know, no, kind of, it was super forgettable six. for both you and me. It was like a six out of 11, I think at the time had a really good, like lead single. That's for sure. Mm. I was on my top 12 list. Would you recommend medicine at midnight at all? Nah, no, no need. No need. It's the same old, same old. I keep on thinking like someday they're going to surprise me like they did in 2011. Just, they just don't. I just know that they recorded this all in 2019 and have been sitting on it this whole time. And we're going to 2020 is going to be Foo Fighters this year, folks. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So, eh, what are you going to do? That's all right. (laughs) Other music to listen to, like 2008 and 10's Secret and Whisper. Secret and Whisper. You got to keep your voice down. We're talking about secrets. Okay. My big secret. My big secret is these albums are pretty good. Okay, I agree. These are pretty did, good albums. Did, did you finally listen to them? Uh, yeah, I did, yeah. Okay, yeah. That, and I don't know how much history you had with this band. I had none. Oh, yeah. I, I We were reminded of this album from one of our listeners, Dave. And uh, yeah, Great White Whale is an album. I guess our listeners on Discord, go join our Discord, folks. It's, on our, it's in the description of this and we're previous there. episodes. Uh you know, they brought up this album because they were, you know, it was in their shuffle. They were just listening to it and they were like, like, hey, how how come Mike and Adam have never talked about this album? But uh, yeah. but apparently they recommended this to us a long time ago and I checked it out because like I have this in my music player. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, I guess I did check this out. So then I had to, 
<laughs> so I, and I remember enjoying it at the time and re-enjoying it again on re-listen. And then uh, Teenage Fantasy, yeah, I, I gave that a, I gave it a couple spins. Yeah, uh, I haven't got like a full like, you know, I, I don't have like my full like uh, thoughts on it. So like, how did how did you enjoy both of them? Well, I, yeah, I, I thought Great White Whale was all right. I, I, it wasn't like a huge giant standout to me. Definite Seosin mid two thousands vibes mm-hmm. that you're picking up on there. Two thousand eight would have been the year to do that kind of sound too. Right. And apparently there was a rumor that came out for like a day that the lead singer was was uh, taking Cove Reber's spot that got squashed quickly. But uh, oh, for Seosin. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I enjoy Great White Whale. I think I gave it like a six out of eleven. So it's like not the not the greatest okay. album of my entire life. But EXO 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 definitely good song. That's one of their S- yeah one of their best songs. Spider beside her. Enjoy that song a lot. And uh, yeah, I, I I think I enjoy Teenage Fantasy a lot more. Okay. Cool. I know you're just barely getting into that one, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, this one, I mean, it, 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 not like huge genre shifting kind of stuff. It kind of picks up where it left off, but, um, the, the hooks are, are definitely, definitely better. Um, famous for a century track five is, is probably my favorite song on this album. That song. Yeah, that was a, that was a highlight when I was checking out, checking this out for a couple of times. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Silver Mountain, the closing track, also a huge, uh, hit on there but yeah pretty consistent i, I gave this one like an eight out of 11 nice. so overall i enjoyed it quite a bit i can't believe i'm i'm further along with secret and whisper than you are it feels weird. <laughs> well we just kind of got bombarded by our listeners apparently like demanding we listen to this hidden gem of an album I know. you know so i'm glad that i did i'm gonna listen to the starting line eventually i know dave told me to to check out that one too Cool, man. So yeah, two two hidden gem uh, bands this week. And then you're finishing up with Era as well, right? Oh, yeah. I listened to Neon. Um, I listened to Neon back on Tuesday. I haven't listened to it since. I don't remember too much about it. Uh-oh. Except that it, was, <laughs> I, 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 it wasn't as good as the previous two albums, um, in my opinion. I think I gave this one like a six or a seven out of 11 or 10. Ooh, okay. It, so it's not it's not too bad. I just obviously I, I it, it's not too memorable for me, off the top of my head here. So I I I think I liked it. It was okay. like a, a six or a seven. I think so now you're all set and ready to go for March's self titled album. Then I'm very excited for the next album because yeah, um, you really I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, I'm, and I'm hearing good things at least from from Zach, <laughs> my new uh, musical soulmate, Zach. <laughs> Oh, fine then shit <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying he's replacing you it's just like now i i, I might have a second one i just wanted to be your friend but i screwed up, I screwed up. <laughs> i'll make it right adam i'll make it right <laughs> so um yeah i'm 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 looking forward to that so that'll be fun cool, yeah i mean they've released a bunch of singles already they wish like, they've released like four songs if you want to kind of get a vibe of what the uh self-titled is going to be but you know yeah, it's I'll right wait. around the corner i'm sure you can wait I, I have plenty to listen to these days like the new solo album from john o'callahan of the main oh i had no it's, idea he was doing a john he, o'callahan this solo album from the main it's, it's called john the ghost and it's called i only want to live once and it's nine tracks and so far it's not very exciting but i'll oh, tell you more next time <laughs> and then yeah. Another band I'm checking out, which I don't know if you have too much history with, Teenage Wrist. 
I'm going out on a limb and I'm going to listen to Teenage Wrist without getting Mike's uh, uh, approval first. I hope that's I okay with you. I think this is a band that Daniel recommended because... I thought so, but I tried to look yeah. back in his blogs and I, I couldn't find his review of them. Okay, so, then how did you hear about it? Um, from Zach. Uh, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> they, have, they have a new album that just came out this past Friday. And, um, again, I've been here, I've been seeing the name around maybe from, from Daniel, maybe from other things and just kind of, you, you assume that they'd be like an emo pop punk ish kind of band, but they're not, mm. they are, they're more on, on the shoegazy side of things. I like um, me some shoegaze every now and then they're, they're labeled grunge for some reason. I don't hear a lot of grunge, but I guess some could consider them grunge. They had an album in 2018 called Chrome Neon Jesus, which and that's what you checked out. Yes, and I'm I'm listening to that one and the new album that just came out this past Friday called cool, cool, cool. Um, Earth is Earth a Black, is a black hole. hole. Yes, so um, I can only put them in a vibe of like ha- happier Deftones, like oh. <laughs> le- less depressing Deftones kind of sound. It's like Deftones, um, but you don't want to kill yourself. <laughs> A little bit of that. I can't say that Chrome Neon Jesus is jumping out to me too much so far, but there's definitely like an enjoyable vibe to them. Okay, um, yeah. Well, please more. report back because it sounds like an in, like the the way that the genres are being described sounds like it's right up my alley. So let I me know think, if you think that might be something I might enjoy. And I've only heard Earth is a Black Hole three times now since it came out, and I'm I'm really digging it so far. Oh, there's, nice. There's, there are some standout tracks on here. So um, at least there's at least two that are like, wow, I think these are going to be, these could be like song of the, like top 12 kind of stuff. At, you know, oh, yeah. usually if I feel this good after just three listens, I'm just like, this is probably going to be on my end of the year list, but oh, yeah. I'll know more about them later. So yeah, it's, it's interesting. I just wanted to, to check them out. And then I'm listening to bad out of hell one from mm-hmm. 1977. I, I mean, I'm, I'm all over the place with my music these days. Yeah, you definitely <laughs> are, dude. So this is a seven song album that is 45 minutes long. And, you know, it's, it's Jim Steinman working with meatloaf. And as we discussed last week, that we'll discuss more next week. Mike and I kind of enjoy some meatloaf working with Jim Steinman. And there's some good stuff there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, unfortunately the listeners haven't been able to hear our thoughts on some Meatloaf and Jim Steinman, but we'll talk about that a little bit more next week. That it's seems a more appropriate time to do it. Yes, because then I've been researching more Jim Steinman stuff that I'll <laughs> talk about later too. <laughs> um, all I can say, there's some videos from the '80s when from his solo albums. Interesting. <laughs> uh, and then I'm listening to this other band that um, somebody else recommended um, <laughs> called Brook Lane. Do you know anything about a band called Brook Lane? Brook Lane? No, I have never heard of that okay. before. I'm I'm confused by this band. Um, they they apparently released a quote seven song album in April of 2020, and then now in February of 2021, they're releasing an EP. But there's two songs more than was on the album, and it's called the same thing. <laughs> So I'm okay. extremely confused by this band, but it, they're, they're calling this an EP called Roll With The Punches. It's pop punk to the core. Um, 
I'm I'm not digging it too much yet, but okay. I might dig it more after a couple more listens. But I'm I, looking I, at I, them on Twitter right now, and oh they, my god, this they is look the like, most fucking 2000s <laughs> pop punk band I've ever fucking right. seen. I don't think I'm gonna like this too much, but the the glaring mixing errors on the album are 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 plenty to base this on. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that <laughs> rough, know, huh? Where it's like, oh, it's it, it goes at one sound and then it gets louder for a little bit and then it gets quieter again. And <laughs> it's just like, I, okay, that, that's cool. I mean, so I, I don't need to recommend that one too much, but yeah, it anyway. sounds like, it sounds like you had a busy, you have a busy week coming ahead of you, man. And then this Friday we've got some new nothing nowhere coming up. Is he the only one for, for the 19th coming out? He's the only one that I have uh, written down, but I'm sure uh, some of our listeners will be checking out some other stuff at well. If you think there's some stuff that we should be checking out come this Friday, please just let us know either on our Facebook page, which we will be sunsetting pretty soon. So please transition over to our Discord page, our Discord channel in the description below. The invite is open for uh, all of our listeners to come and hang out there. We got another listener this past week. Uh, so thank you for joining us. And uh, we, we, we look forward to hear, uh, hearing from from more hearing from more of you folks. Uh, you can talk to us over on Instagram at Mike Wears Prada, or you can send us a good old-fashioned email at theskinnywithmikeandadam at gmail.com. What a busy episode we've had. We haven't had a, we, we haven't had a honker in a while. <laughs> it's interesting. Yes. Yeah. All right. Mike, enjoy. Use your illusions one. I will try. <laughs> I listened to it on Saturday night or Friday night. It was rough. <laughs> I'll do my best, buddy. I'll, I'll report back in a, in, in a week or so in episode 360. So Adam's got some plans for that one. So please tune into that. That'll be interesting. Yes. Yeah. I, 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 all I can say is I, I encourage everybody to listen to episode one of the Skinny and Mike with Mike and Adam from June of 2012. Yeah. Except I will for be... me because uh, he asked me to like, or he, or I guess we both decided like, I just won't listen to it because then I'll be surprised <laughs> at the stuff that you bring up about it. That, 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 yes, that'll be the case. But I do encourage everybody to go back, listen to that. Um, as far as I know, it's on YouTube still. It should you, still be on YouTube. I think that's the only right. place it is. We never, we never uploaded that to a podcast service, I believe. I'm basically just going to be updating um, the news stories that we talked about at that time, <laughs> as well as other life interesting comments that are said uh, oh boy. throughout that episode. Just <laughs> can't to wait. bring us full 360. That was nice, my goal dude. this whole time. Nice, yeah. So that'll, so that'll be fun. A little blast of the past uh, for our show. Hopefully it'll be enjoyable for our, our new and old listeners alike. So uh, thank you again, folks, for checking out this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed us uh, talking about one of our favorite movies, The Cable Guy. Uh, you know, go back and listen. Go back and watch that movie if you haven't. And, uh, you, you know, even if you checked out this, um, you know, commentary, I hope you still just watch it without two dorks, you know, talking <laughs> over it so you can kind of get all the... The, the fun jokes that we might have missed by listening to these two knuck, chuckle fucks. But uh, yeah, uh, we, we might do that again at some point. Uh, I had a great time doing that and it was relatively painless to do it, you know, remotely. So we should be able to do it again if we want to. But uh, for right. my co-host, Adam, I am your co-host, Mike. And like we say every week when we're ordering free cable. <laughs> <laughs> Look who decided to show up. <laughs> I'm the tardy one. Now. <laughs> I'm the tardy one. <laughs> <laughs> That's for effect. <laughs> See you folks.